my mom, I'm always so mad at her because she is like the least animal loving of our family. And mm-hmm. she's like, doxes and corgis, their shape grosses me out. And I'm like, well, mom, you have no heart. Their shape? What? Yeah. What the hell? And did I ever tell you why she hates all cats? Well, hit me. I'll be, I this can, is real, I can, real quick because then we get started. I'll, pro- I'll probably relate, but hit me. I don't think you will. Uh, when she was like in her pre-teenage, she went to a friend's sleepover. Uh, the friend had a pet cat. By the time everybody was falling asleep in their sleeping bags, the cat wandered in and fell asleep on my mom's forehead. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't do anything past that, but she spent the whole night awake and terrified because she was convinced if she moved, the cat would attack her. It didn't. And so by the night, by the time that night over, she was like, all right, I'm convinced now. All cats are evil. I can I can see that I can honestly see that since uh, since we lost our previous cat we've allowed Jonesy to sleep in a bedroom with us and mm-hmm. he's been he's had a very very nasty habit of climbing up behind our heads and just staring at us and I fucking hate it. <laughs> you wake up and there's just a cat creepily staring at you. I hate it so he's a much. Cute that cat though. I, he's, he's cute as shit, but it's it's a it's a ruse. It's such a ruse. I I he is a liar and a thief and. Uh, he has kept me up so many nights. Cats are so devious, but I do love them all the same. Yeah. I, I feel like I could say the same for my bird, only he's much more, he's not even sneaky about it. He'll just fly over and start biting me. going. Sketch Watch Play. Welcome to episode 32 of Sketch Watch Play. I am John Flurry, and we are a once a month geek pop culture podcast talking TV, film, cartoons, and video games. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and most general podcast apps and directories. Please consider subscribing to us on your platform of choice to stay up to date, and also consider following us on social media. We're at Sketch Watch Play on Twitter, and we're also on uh, Facebook.com slash Sketch Watch Play. We encourage you to leave feedback on those, leave reviews on iTunes, or email us directly, sketchwatchplay at gmail.com, to give both feedback you know, about what you like, what you don't like, and even suggest possible topics for us to talk in the future. And uh, well, this is a pretty big, significant episode, I feel, in several ways, uh, both because of the magnitude of what we're going to talk, but also because of who our two guests are. Uh, it's funny how one of them is a first-time guest, but not a stranger to the show. Ladies and gentlemen... Switching from co-host to first-time guest, Christopher Wade. He returns. How are you? Hey, hey, everyone. It's been quite a long time. How? Yes. Hope everyone's doing all right. Yes, yes. Um, the episodes with with the guests have been fun, but now we're this. This is the the old school uh, sketch watch play format. We're, we're we're bringing it back. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. The, <laughs> I don't want to get fans mixed up. This is not a permanent return just yet. Uh, Chris is still very busy with personal projects, but when I told him our guest and our topic, I was like, this is, I feel like this could be something you'd really want to talk about. And he was like, yeah. Um, <laughs> and our other guest, a first time guest, but, uh, someone who, you, who I feel like you, who you have a pretty active social media presence, uh, Mr. Alan Denton. Hey, how you doing? Uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I mean, on, I'm on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. if, if you're within the Sonic the Hedgehog Twitter sphere, you've probably seen me. Yes, <laughs> because uh, one of the things you are, you've done is you are the head writer, one of the head writers for a little show called Sonic Boom. Well, uh, I, I, I already, I don't want to get, get me in trouble there. I'm not head writer. I'm story oh, editor. Story I'm story. sorry. I was, that was my mistake. Yes, but 
involved on the writer, on the uh, script side. Head, head writer uh, Bill Freiberger, very ah, very ah. I'm not taking anything away from Bill. And you're no, not no, no. I, I was I was me putting words in your mouth, uh, Bill. If you listen to this, do not blame Alan for that mistake. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have been involved in 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 the production of Sonic of the Sonic Boom TV series. And if we go back to our Sonic cartoons episode where me and Chris reviewed every Sonic cartoon, we had a lot of good things to say about it. And you've had an active yeah, Twitter presence talking about, uh, you know, some of the things that you guys have enjoyed re- putting into that show. Uh, I actually retweeted what your pin tweet is where it's mocking the, uh, <laughs> when Sonic and Vector at the stakeout. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's like, uh, that's sort of the, the quintessential Sonic Boom uh, type of humor for yep. me. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's self-aware uh, the show itself being self-aware, but the characters maybe not completely being self-aware. That's the sweet yeah, it, spot. It, it can vary from on the na- by the nature of the joke. Like I, in my in my mind, Stakes is perpetually self-aware, which is maybe why she's yeah. insane. Yeah, uh, for people who haven't haven't seen my Twitter, uh, so it's a, it's a, a joke where Sonic and Vector are on a stakeout, <laughs> and and the scene starts and Sonic says, "Well, this is so boring. You know, stakeouts are never like this on TV. There's usually just two lines of dialogue, and then they see their guy." And Vector says, "Yeah, well, life's not like TV. <gasps> there he is." Yes. <laughs> so it's sort of- the scene starts and Sonic's like, "We've been there for hours. <laughs> you just skip all that, so it's like any other TV stakeout." Um, and yeah, other jokes like you know even more meta Sonic humor like oh they the Sonic never made the jump what was it the hippopotamus show the game yeah, never made the jump to three D they never should change the color of his arms either um, yeah I yeah uh, and you are and you're also currently writing for a Nick Junior series yeah Sunny uh, Day I looked it up it looks cute yeah thanks if you got a little sister you should check it out uh, yeah it's about a little girl working in a owns her own hair salon ah. And it's uh, yeah, it's really cute, cute show for for kids. It's been it's been kind of cool uh, going from Sonic over to uh, to the preschool. Yeah, so. I, I I will say right now the probably the main reason that I have you on this episode again. Shout out to Generation Animation. Uh, you had done a tweet a while ago saying you were interested in, in trying to get started on various podcasts, and they were the one the ones who reached out and did an interview with you about working on on Sonic and and that and and just you know writing in general and i thought it would be worth giving it a shot too and thank you for saying you'd be interested uh and you also picked uh a doozy of a topic for us to talk about but i'm very Ooh. excited to yeah uh, that it's actually yeah. yeah that is actually i'd say both the fact that you are a writer uh involved or involved in writing and that and what you picked uh because chris had dropped some clips from that show in earlier episodes uh, that's what made me reach out to Chris and be like, hey, I'm not asking you to come back permanently or anything, but I feel like you would really want to be on this episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it, yeah, it was, uh, I really, really like talking about The Simpsons every now and then. Nice. I have, nice. I have a lot of good memories of it. Yeah, and this has been a huge excuse for me to both revisit it and finally watch some classic episodes that I missed, but we'll get into that. And so real, just a little real, real quick touching base. Uh, Chris, how have things been on your end with other personal projects and, and such? Oh. Anything you want to bring up? Uh, things have been crazy, <laughs> unfortunately. Crazy busy, yeah. Which crazy, is... cra- yeah, yeah. Uh, so as many of you know, I work uh, full time. And unfortunately, with a co-worker leaving, that means I have to fill in for his position. So he worked in print. I worked in you know graphics and video. And now I'm essentially filling in for a thir- third role. So, mm. you know, 
that's <laughs> that's been a that's been a little hard trying to juggle with obviously the podcast and you know a couple of my other personal projects. It's been a lot of late nights. So it's, yeah, because you're still you're still doing plans and plugging away on Will of Monsters. I am. I got four hours of sleep last night. So uh, <laughs> my <word. laughs> So that was fun, <laughs> but it's 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 all good. Um, yep, I'll I recommend people to, go back to our personal project episode to hear us talk about that. And I'm guessing the animatic is still on Vimeo. The animatic is still on video and uh, worth a watch. Actually, yeah, and I actually, um, sorry, I got the, the cat just jumped up in my lap. Hi, Jonesy. <laughs> you hey, Jonesy. <laughs> I've gotten. Um, I've actually worked on a teaser for the film itself, uh, and I've gotten an animatic for it set up on Vimeo. I could send it your way, John, or even Alan, if you guys are. I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's as far as me working, being super busy as per the norm of my very fantastically boring life. That's mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, well I, I know of at least four hours that you could have been working that you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> How dare yeah. you get some rest. <laughs> um, myself, I'll be real quick. I finally managed to land another part-time job uh, and a good fit for one. Uh, I'm working up uh, going to be mostly weekend and seasonal rush at a GameStop in Silver Spring. Ooh. Uh, yeah, had my first two days. And I applied to it in, like, June. It, it, it took a long time for, for it all to kind of congeal and to, okay, you got it. Uh, but I've had my first two days there. They went well, and I'll probably be, be getting back to it within the next week or two uh, up to a seasonal job. But hopefully, if I do it good enough, they'll uh, keep me on past that. But obviously, nothing is set in stone. Um, still working on – I finally brought it up on the last episode, uh, the Warrior Wear Gold reanimate. Uh, which Chris, oh, yeah. you've actually told me you're considering applying for. Yeah, uh, if I have some time next year, like I would, my my goal next year is to do a few more like reanimates, like I did for the Kirby one. Oh yeah, yeah, so, yeah. We talked about Kirby. That was so much fun. So I would love to like jump in if there's a slot available. I think there still will be. We have a we have plenty more to go, and Wario is kind of a niche franchise, and I'm not giving deadlines just yet. So that, that's cool. I, so take your time. Cool. All um, right. Other than that, I, I'm you know I've been uh, applying and possibly landing some stuff on other indie projects, but I won't say anything about those until there's more solid stuff to show or confirm. Right. And uh, lastly, I did go to another convention two weeks ago. Finally, uh, Anime USA, and I swear, just by fate, it ended up being the most packed with uh, stuff related to the stuff we brought up on this show with me and Chris. Uh, one of which was I did for Chris. Uh, oh right, that was the one with uh, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings. I I gotta admit, <laughs> I was having a real bad day that day. Uh-huh. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. So Alan, I don't know if you saw this. Um, when when we did our Sonic cartoon episode, uh, Saturday M was. Is this still your favorite Sonic cartoon, Chris? It's it's up there. What uh, Saturday M? Yeah, that's that was my favorite Sonic one. Yeah, we both enjoyed it, and we both took a minute to just like go Gaga over over that Robotnik and Jim Cummings doing it. Yeah. Uh, we both love him, and it's also a running joke about how much Chris's wife can't stand him because she just felt overexposed to him as, as a kid. <laughs> it's, it's, um, it's that but, that, but that dude's a legend. Um, <laughs> he was one of the guests there, and it was the first time I was aware of him being a guest at an East Coast con. And it was one of those where if you went to his booth, you could pay for an autograph, a selfie, or a voice message. You know, say hello to someone yeah. as a character. Oh, that's and cool. so I gave him the guideline about, hey, I, I'm John, my friend is Chris, he loves Robotnik. And he did that great, you know, that creepy growl. Hey, everybody out there, or in this case, Christopher. 
uh, Jim Cummings here. You may not know me, but you definitely know John. And he knows Dr. Robotnik. And I have it on good authority that you're good friends with that damned hedgehog. Um, Dude, I didn't realize that you paid for that. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, but... no, I, oh, I'm not asking you to pay me back or anything. No, oh, no, I, no, no, no. I'm just, I'm like, hey, thanks. <laughs> I, I, I think was, I told you, hey, cool consider you. it a early Christmas, late birthday present. That's right, um, yeah. And another really cool, thing, dude. I guess we went a little bit. You're someone who is a very supportive friend. I've talked about stuff that I struggle with sometimes, and I often confide in Chris about it, and he is the most patient, uh, open-ear guy in the world. And that, so I just, that was both a thank you and just a fun thing to do yeah, and dude, don't worry about it, it's fine yeah and and the other one um i guess i brought it up i guess a little more relevant to my stuff is i went to a couple panels and this is my first i, I talked about kira buckland a bit who i had on the wire cartoons and she's since been uh been doing voice work professionally uh like as the as 2b in in near which uh-huh. i know you played chris and she's coming back for soul caliber uh oh, cool. she I, I guess she has been to East Coast uh, cons before, but I, I hadn't seen them. So this is my first. She, I went to two panels, which was one was a solo Q and A, and one was because she's a big Pokemon geek. She did a Pokemon Go kind of guide thing, like bringing up a lot of good points and stuff to try with like gyms and raids and such. Um, and I DM Twitter DM her before her that saying because we you know we keep in touch occasionally on Twitter. Would be okay if I came up and said hi afterwards, and she was like, yeah, and just super fun casual talk. So thanks, Kara. And lastly, I went to another panel. Uh, it was a, another actress, uh, Karen Strassman, who has done a lot of both voiceover and uh, TV work. She's on Preacher now. She's done Voices in Persona, uh, uh, Sonic. She's the voice of Rouge now, Fire Emblem. Um, and it was about making advice about making your craft out into a career and mm-hmm. a lot of kind of eye-opening stuff. I felt it was it was something reassuring because there's so many – you know me, Chris. I have so many – Doubt, doubts and and like self criticism about my work, yeah. and I was just shocked to see someone like someone who's been doing this for like upward of twenty years talking about how she still experiences these things. It was a little, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was interesting, but it was actually kind of comforting because I had Aww. long assumed that was not the case. Um, so yeah, great times there. Um, and I we're kind of on a on a little time budget there. Alan needs to be off within a three nineteen now on our side, and so we're aiming for four thirty here to be done. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, I talked about. I asked you guys if it's okay for me to bring up one piece of recent media before we tackle our main topic, and it's not one that either of you have tried or are planning to anytime soon. But the internet has kind of blown up about it, and it's a, it came such a major time sink on its own. So, Red Dead Redemption Two. Nothing means more to me than this game. I would kill for it. I would happily die for it. I wish things were different, but it weren't us who changed. Now. Don't worry. First off, do either of you have familiarity with the first Red Dead or the Rockstar's open world games in general, like GTA and the some, like? I've got some familiarity, just a little bit. I know of it. Okay. I've, I've played uh, I've played the GTA games. They also, um, L.A. Noir was Rockstar, right? Yeah, that was one that was developed externally technically, but they had a hands-on and published it, so yes. Yeah, So that's, but I haven't played Red Dead. Okay, yeah. Um, Bullies, I think, is another really underrated one. Uh, same template, but it's a boarding school, and you're a team with like a bike. People, I'm one of many who hope they still make a sequel to that. But yeah, Red Dead was man. It's just so funny to remember when you know on the PS2 we got three GTA games, and now it's like one. It was like the next generation we only got two of them, and now this is their first. I, I realize this is their first original open world game since GTA 5, which was five years ago. Hey, yeah, you're right. It is. And 
by considering how much more complex games get in terms of technology and budget with each passing generation uh, and how these guys are like cream of the crop in terms of prestige and the amount of money they can make. Uh, and, you know, them saying, like, we really want to take our time with this game. And uh, I'm sure you've heard about the crunch controversy um, oh, yeah. about, like, you know, uh, that was that one that wasn't as shocking to me as it was others. That's a well-known element of all game yeah. development. But maybe this will be one that that motivates more people to try and figure something out about it. Uh, and another thing I noticed, most of their games like this usually they have one or two of their studios working on it. This one, every studio they had worked on this game. Oh, just a wow. huge collaborative effort, well, thousands of people nationwide. Well, yeah, it's a triple A title, so I know, but they didn't even do that for GTA, and and I just find that interesting. It's almost like they're experimenting with with the pipeline of how they make these things. Um, but so, yeah, so the first one I did play to completion. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it, I think the Western in time period setting brought with some unique mechanics, like you know, forget cars, here's horses, and the unique uh, facts they can bring. Old school weaponry. Uh, you know that the grit and dirt of the old, of the old west, uh, and even like both it and the sequel are kind of commentary on when the old west started to die out, and that also meant the end of those those roving gangs of bandits. Once you know the civilization there got more industrialized, more figured out, and it was clear there was less of a place for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the interesting thing is that this is actually a prequel. Uh, so oh, do, really? you, do either of you know who John Marston was in the first one, the main guy? Uh, I don't. No. Um, in, in the first one, you played as John Marston, and basically the, the premise was he was someone who had been part of like a you know robber game for a while, but left to raise a family and go straight. But the FBI decides to take his family hostage and be like, "You got to track down and, and bring back your your members if you want it back." So, uh, and this is a prequel taking place, I think, like twelve years before, and uh, you're playing it, it. It follows that actual game when they were still together. Um, so John Marston is a side character this time. Uh, they even got they even brought his his voice actor out of retirement. He reti- I had read he retired acting to be a, a focus on raising the family, but he the role meant a lot to him, so they got him back. And so instead, you play as Arthur Morgan, who is kind of like he, I think it's cool that he's a, he's not just the same character again. He's older, more grizzled, even when then even more than John is like a decade later in this in the first game. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they're both games that incorporate that kind of morality idea where they have like a meter of red and blue for like, oh, you did something evil, you get negative points and that. Oh, uh, so it's kind of, oh, so they're, so it's kind of like the Catherine thing. Yeah, or if we're talking to other open worlds like Infamous or or, yeah. or Mass Effect and Nice Little Republic, right. uh, and what and they've really fleshed out and added more things. Like one crazy thing they've done, like I can't believe the amount of functions and additional mechanics they've done you can hold l2 i'm playing on ps4 on any like extra any person that you see in a town you can choose to greet them antagonize them or rob them and same goes for your comrades at like the camp because you can always go back to this camp where your other friends are hanging out and uh so obviously you can play arthur as a bastard who's going around being shitty like that and you know people people react to him differently like I, I early on I got into a brawl in one town in a story mission. Next time I went there, all these people were just commenting like, "Hey, you better not be causing any more trouble." Like, yeah. they, it, there's a very tangible sense of some of the stuff you do affecting the world. So, story wise, does it take you down a different path uh, if you're choosing to be I'm, noble? Yeah, well, yeah, I, I to some degree I, I can say for sure yes. I think they're saying like 
certain decisions like, like early on you have a mission where because you're on the run after a heist gone wrong and you're on another area and you're talking in this town this one guy goes wait weren't you at weren't you at blackwater and which is the town that went wrong and he runs off trying to report you you chase him he panics and falls off a cliff and is handing on for dear life and so your choice is let him fall or save him mm, okay. and i chose to i'm playing arthur as someone who like there's no way you can play him as a 100% good guy because there are points where you have to be killing people or just being a shit. And he's already, he makes it clear, he's already killed people. But, you know, I'm having him like he has some good morals. So I saved him. And there's just the writing and asking this is fantastic. He has a line where after he saved the guy, he's like, what's your name? Jimmy Brooks. And I wrote this down where Arthur just decides like, yeah, you, you did see me there. I'm not a good man. I kill people. And maybe I should have killed you. Should I have killed you? And the guy, like, panties like, I, I never saw you. Good, good. I'll remember that. It reminds me of, of uh, No Country for Old Men, the part with Sugar. Are you going right. to kill me? Are you going to kill me too? That depends. Do you see me? Uh, yeah. And I, I haven't seen No Country for Old Men in quite some time. That's a great movie. But, yeah, the man, that villain always gives me the chills. Oh, Sugar, like, so good. Um, yeah. But and and other stuff. But I feel like I'm already seeing this this be a very divisive game among uh, audiences. They've changed and added a lot of stuff compared to both. It's different from both Red Dead One and most open world games in general. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing they, they, they've I, they're going for a more. It kind of reminds me of what they did with GTA Four, where they're trying to emphasize realism. Okay. Uh, but I actually, I'll admit I wasn't that big on GTA Four because I felt like it was just very limited in the amount of stuff you could do, and then GTA Five seemed to fix a lot of that. Uh, this also, thankfully, has a lot of stuff to do to go along with the realism. It's just stuff like. Uh, when you know they do the thing of when you kill a guy walk or an animal and walk over to the corpse and you can do the loot, it's not an instant hold a button and it just says you got this. Arthur has to like lean over and go through their pockets and such, so oh, it takes okay. longer than you would expect. Or you know, sk- when you kill animals, either skinning them or picking up their whole carcass, stowing them on your horse, and riding to a town to sell them. Okay, uh, and there's also other stuff like there is mostly not a form of fast travel for one. Uh, you can unlock one because uh, you can upgrade your camp by giving them money and one of the features you can unlock is fast travel from there to other towns but you can't do it the other way around no. like, they encourage you no, ride around, explore enjoy things at your leisure it helps that it's a gorgeous game Okay. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen any trailers but I have. incredible so, looking so I, when it comes to like open games like this I mm-hmm. tend to be I tend to be a dick about them. Not not in a sense where, you know, I'm going to be the bad guy and do bad things. I kind of just avoid the story as long as possible and just get myself into trouble. As, uh, is, oh, is this there... is a great game for that. Yeah, cool. Because all I wanted to do is just stroll right in. I mean, I, I know that this is far and beyond what makes a cowboy, uh, a cowboy story or game. Uh, it's far and away from that as possible. Like, there are many different factors involved. But... Yeah. Me being me being the person that I am, I just want to stroll into a town just with the goofiest cowboy stride, like pelvis out with my hands at my side, like I'm about to like just start gunning people down. Like I want to pull a five o goes west and just just create mayhem at the last possible moment. As long as I'm able to do that, this sounds like this sounds you like pretty a much game. can. Not even just shooting, but if you like, let's say you walk into a saloon and just like I said, you have the antagonize button, yeah. and if you keep insulting people, they'll get into like fist fights with you and the like. This is this is what I want. Like yep, in, yep, and you can even do the same thing, like just messing with animals. Uh, I've had a bunch of times where I'm riding my horse and I just accidentally run over a rabbit. 
oh my god <laughs> yeah and your horse freaks out like like it neighs like oh i tripped over something and you have to press a button to calm it down and you can walk over and uh one thing that really they do that's interesting with with these animal carcasses and types is that they're rated on a one to three star scale so okay. when you kill them depending on what there are weapons that are best for killing them and doing a clean kill and damaging the pelt less well, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to do any of that. I just want to get in trouble with the law. I don't want. Oh, like, it's very easy to do person. that. <laughs> okay. There was. Let me put it this way. Uh, like even in the open world, like there's just there can be such a chain of effect because uh, they do the thing of the first Red Dead and GTA Five where there'll be like random instances of other of characters you know that pop up and ask for your help in a certain thing. Yeah. Um, and I was on like this like a big open desert area. Uh, a carriage drove past with two like cop sheriff looking guys riding it in a big cage with one criminal in the back and he was going like no no I didn't do nothing I got a family mister you gotta help me and I went you know what okay and so I just shot the, the cops to death uh, shot his padlock off in that oh case oh my god he, yeah he, in that case he what go ahead, go ahead go he go marked ahead, go on ahead. my map uh, a, a place that he thinks would be a good place to rob and then he ran off and I decided you know what it looks pretty empty I'll just loot these uh, these cops bodies and while I did, some other guy riding back on horseback noticed it, and they did the thing where pops up, you've got a witness, they're heading off to it to inform the authorities, and <laughs> oh, they got a head start. No. I hopped on my horse and tried to catch up as best I could, because you can lasso them, and then intimidate them to be like, hey, don't tell anybody. And I was like, that's not going to happen, I just shot them dead. <laughs> and a few <laughs> seconds after that happened, uh, two other people rode by, and oh, I was like, these geez. witnesses are driving off, and I just finally went, fuck it, and rode away so I wouldn't be found then and then the idea is you can go to post offices and pay off your own bounty that happens from that wow see the uh, that guy who saw you uh it kind of reminds me uh it kind of reminds me of that old that really old Simpsons joke where Homer's like uh, he like sees the aliens for the first time and he's like don't yeah. eat me I have a wife and kids eat them and it kind of feels like this was that situation <laughs> oh I will also say uh, Patrick my brother who's been a guest on the past he's been playing the game a lot too he had a really crazy encounter where with a random it was like he was in a town and some kind of you know prostitute looking lady was like please come in and help me with this guy and so you go he went in assuming you know he was going to protect her turns out she choked him to death and was like hey can you dispose of the body uh, so he picked it up and took it and dumped it in like uh, a pig pen, and then the exact same thing happened. Somebody saw him. He killed the guy, yeah. dumped him in a pig pen. That's Somebody else saw him. <laughs> it's yeah. just some of it is up to chance, but I feel like even when that stuff doesn't go your way, it's very entertaining and it adds cool. to how alive this world feels. Is there a demo for this game at all? I don't think there is, but I ah. would recommend looking up. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of let's plays and such. Okay, I can do that. Um, and I will say one other thing people are complaining about, compared to a lot of other Rockstar and open world games, the first two or so hours are very linear and confined. You're in this area mm. you can't run away from, you're mainly just meant to do some introductory missions, and then it opens up when you move. All right, that, that, that's fine. I don't, it's not I don't as bad as Roxas and Kingdom Hearts, but... Yeah, it's... I don't. I don't mind. I mean, Roxas and Kingdom Hearts that that broke me as far as two hour tutorial. So that, yeah, I'm yeah, good. this is a more enjoyable <laughs> tutorial. All right, less confusing okay. too. Um, and I'm just going to check here. I'll, I'll, I'll be moving on pretty quickly. And uh, One other thing I'll say, this whole gang, there's tons of people in it, probably like at least a dozen, but they give you a lot of time with all of them because it's kind of your home base. And you can just walk over and talk to any of them. Sometimes they'll walk up to you with specific conversations or, or side tasks like, hey, you can give me this item and I'll give you a reward. Or, hey, I, I even got like side missions from the ones like, you want to go rob a homestead? Or one of, the guy, one of them is part native. And so he's like, let's go hunt a bison. And so you do that. And he's like, all right, just kill one. We don't want to be mean about it. So I do that. Then he discovers a bunch of carcasses nearby that weren't even harvested or anything. 
and he gets pissed like who's doing this and you just ride over until you find these two guys and they even admit like they're just being total assholes and they're like mm. we're we're gonna tell people the engines did it and he immediately like just murders one of them and the mm, other starts wow. freaking out and also does i have a family and you can choose as arthur to kill them or just terrorize him so i walked up and beat the shit out of him and was like don't do that again no oh, wow cool uh and and uh, they even like the characters are distinct, and I'm pretty sure there's some you're meant to not like. Like there's one called Micah, who from the beginning there's still some tension there. Let me put it this way: um, it's, it's also a pretty diverse group. There are uh, there's like uh, some Hispanic guys, uh, black characters. I think the native I'm talking about is part black, part Hispanic. I mean, part native. And there's one character, Micah, who when you get to this cold area. And you're, Arthur's going to, you know, share a cabin with the, the leader. Micah's like, what? Arthur gets a room and I got to share a bunch of bunk beds with uh, with all the racial slurs? Mm-hmm. I, I, yes, okay. it's the 1800s. And that was my okay, comment. It's, but it's, all right. <laughs> that's that's certainly one way to tell you, hey, you this probably is not a character you would you should uh, root for. Yeah, this guy's a piece of shit. All right. Oh, based on what happens after that, I'm pretty sure there's going to be more conflict. Uh, but I'm and and, and oh, just a last thing I will say because uh, Alan, you asked about does the choice aspect have an impact on on yeah. Yeah, well, I think there will be – I remember they preview that there will be some small things. Like I saw a video where like Arthur rides into town and some towns go run, comes up and starts screaming at him, you killed my uncle. Um, and I'm guessing you can also probably get blocked off from certain missions. My biggest regret is one of the random strangers. I walked by a shore and there was this like hick guy like throwing stones over and crying like, oh, Billie Jean, I just, why'd you take this other guy? And so I started by doing the greet thing and Arthur's saying like, oh, come on, you can try to just go talk to her. And the guy just wouldn't say much. I tried the antagonized thing, hoping it would motivate him. And Arthur went, you ain't worth shit. And the guy just got up immediately. He was like, why am I even talking to you? And ran off and I couldn't talk to him anymore. Aww. So really, if you're going for to try and do missions, don't never use the antagonize option. Yeah. Well, um, when you but, talk about like that guy hanging off a cliff, that's an example of you, you had a, you had the noble choice. Or yes, the, that's a that's a full on you know Mass Effect, Walking Dead, very clear really, like two different story, outcomes. Story wise, the same thing. And I'm not sure if. If that's a case of where he'll, that character will have some sort of impact later on, but they have, I think they have said there'll be other things that do. The, I think the most important thing is uh, the first Red Dead had only one ending. Uh, I won't spoil it. Uh, they're saying that because uh, you know people were wondering, like, so Arthur isn't meant really seeing that sequel. Is he dead or something? And they apparently, based on your moral compass, you can get four different endings. Okay. Um, okay. And I don't know if that applies just to Arthur or the ending as a whole, but they're. There are tangible consequences later on for your actions, which is cool. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that's that's the gist of it. I I do think, like I said, this game's gonna be very divisive more and more over time. The way four is because of its slow pace and all, all these aspects packed on it. But I, it's the first game in a while where I just keep dying to come back to it for hours and hours on end. And when the, you know when the day's over, I'm like, but I want to keep going. Uh, okay. But also, and also, they haven't even launched the online yet. And GTA Online was a lot of fun, so I'm hoping this is. They, I'm sure it's going to draw from that template. I'm like, oh yeah, I get to make my own cowboy, form a posse with some people. Who knows what stuff they'll add? Because they, they even keep a lot of the, like the just the trivial. You can do poker and blackjack and the like in it, um, mm-hmm. or dominoes and stuff like old school, real, real games. Yeah, so, paid sixty dollars to play dominoes. <laughs> I like poker and blackjack. Yeah. <laughs> I barely touched the dominoes. Um, but there's even Alan. a five finger fillet game. Hey, yeah. Alan, did you have a, another point to make? Uh, I thought I heard you trying to say something. Oh, oh, yeah. well, when you were talking about, like, do I save the guy? You ran. He says, I'm going to tell people. And then 
if you kill him, he won't tell anybody. But then you, but you chose to save him, and then he still didn't tell anybody. It, it so seemed that, that way because Arthur still kind of intimidated. Like I said, Arthur time intimidated him. And but like I said, I think we'll vary on on story choices. Uh, I've had a couple other missions where you can do choices. Like there's one where you go bear hunting with a, with one member of the game, and it's mm-hmm. like, do you want to wait here? Or do you like want to go look for him? There's another mission like, do you want to wait till night? Do you want to try this now? And yeah. I think there might like, it'll vary between if there are long term story effects or short term, like how the mission plays out or what you get from it. Uh, GTA Five did the same thing with its heists, where you could choose two two totally different approaches, and I don't think they would generally change the whole game, but they would change the entire that entire mission. Okay. Yeah. Um, so cool. some of it's building on that, and then, like I said, some of it. I think the main thing is building up to different endings. Um, yeah. All right. But I don't know for sure, and I don't want to spoil too much. But yeah, GTA uh, <laughs> Red <laughs> Red Theft Auto Two. No, that's a PTS one game. Red Dead Redemption Five. No, that doesn't exist yet. Red Dead Redemption Two is. I'm having a blast with it, and I'd say. I think it's a pretty good bit. If you like the first, you'll like this, but they're still a lot different. I say look up some videos. Look at people playing it, how these mechanics work, how the speed of it is, what it emphasizes compared to other games, and then decide if it's your cup of tea. Because, Chris, I know you watch a, a lot of Let's Plays. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think I, I can do that. Yeah, and watch, watch some of the early ones just in case. Because uh, I know I had asked you, and you said you're not a big on the Western trappings. Well, not not all, not all, like the, the big legendary ones. Like, I usually, uh, you know me, I usually check out, like, I usually check out westerns just so I can figure out like shot composition. Just you know, as far as like storytelling is concerned, this has some but good storytelling. That's good. Um, when it comes to like watching westerns for enjoyment, I kind of like the parody and satire satire stuff, like you know, Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the Quick and the Dead. Yeah. Bible goes west. Bible goes west. I, I, yeah. Rango. I usually Rango fall back so towards, good. Yeah, I fall back towards um, those kinds of stories, but yeah, I'll be sure to check this one out because this isn't there. There's much less of the GTA has that very humorous satirical edge to it. There's very little of that here. Cool. Um, it's much more solemn, but it has strong characters and writing. Um, and I like that they push a little more for inclusivity in the uh, supporting cast. Um, would have been cool. Would have been cool if Arthur himself was like a, a black or Hispanic character, but I'll take what I can get. So yeah, it's out now. Uh, PS4 and Xbox One. I am hearing people say the Xbox One version plays a little better visually, but I'm not having big big issues on my standard PS4. So yeah, that'll do it for this game. And I'm going to stay what we have, and we're going to jump into a doozy of a topic. Yep. Oh, yeah. On April 19th, 1987, America first met The Simpsons. As the weeks went on, so did the cartoons. As wacky as those kids were, they were no match for Captain Wacky, later renamed Homer. Now, when we had, uh, when I reached out to Alan, and and the way it works when we have guests on is that I always say, tell them, so what are some topics? We tell them, you know, the kind of stuff we follow and we, we that we discuss. And I say, what are some topics related that you would like to discuss? They gave us a couple ideas. If uh, Chris is on or another guest, then I throw, I send them a list and say, like, here are the ones I would like. What about you? And in this case, when I uh, sent Chris uh, the list and I Simpsons one of them, he responded in all caps, Simpsons. <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah. this is, uh, that was interesting to me too. This is a, uh, I feel like this is a no brainer. Um, and that was one of the re- also one of the reasons that I, I had asked uh, Chris on both that you know Alan has a writing has a history in writing and writing something very important to both me and Chris that we've talked about and critiqued. Uh, but it did hit me afterwards like, man, we are tackling something gargantuan this time because yeah, <laughs> I 
I'm hard-pressed to think of an American animated series that has had such a seismic impact on both its own industry and TV and pop culture in general. The Simpsons was a game-changer. Seismic is the right word for it, too. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing just how much just how how much of an influence this show has had on our society especially since like when we were kids this show was in its peak basically uh at a certain point yeah um i think that's what we're we're mainly going to focus on too is that we were intuited in what people generally consider it's it's golden age Mm-hmm. Say I want to talk about The Simpsons. I mean seasons one through nine of The Simpsons. Yeah, that's generally considered golden age. You know, uh, yeah, I know it's still going, and it's been going for twenty years. Yes, and, and still, it will never, it will never stop. I still view season eight as late Simpsons. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Late Simpsons from our point of view. No, oh. uh, yeah. Uh, tw- you, Alan, you used the word. Uh, use the number 20 <laughs> oh my god I, I just i think i died <laughs> at that moment because i feel so old oh how many oh, seasons I, it has yeah i'm gonna google i think it's more than than 20 well, going to season 30 this yeah year. yeah Jesus. It, 20 years beyond you know, yes wikipedia you know, says 30 seasons and 643 episodes it's yeah. nearly as old as i am wow. yeah yeah it started in i believe 1990 oh, you've never lived without the simpsons making <laughs> episodes every sunday i yeah i don't have memories of life before that wow wow yikes that's 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 nuts that's so big <laughs> i can't yeah. it, all right sorry i just had to gush about that yeah so I will. So, so starting off, like, what are when did you when do either of you remember first learning about or getting into this show and like your experience of it in those days? Like, which of you wants to say that first? Uh, Alan, you're the guest. Well, go for it. Sure. Well, I mean, I so I was born in 1984, which you know, so I was in kindergarten, 1991, and so I remember the Simpsons were around. I I, I was first exposed to it in like t-shirts and hats. That yeah. Said, shorts and stuff uh, it was just sort of the general attitude thing that little kids wore little nylon hats that said don't have a cow man oh, it was all bart <laughs> yeah 100 percent bart uh and so like i i knew it was culturally around my first memory for the simpsons i remember looking through like a, like a tv guide and the the sideshow bob's second appearance was in the tv is, is that, that episode- no, it's Black Widower. That's oh, okay. when he, uh, he marries Selma. Yes. And so, like, I specifically remember, like, looking up, oh, what's going to be on The Simpsons this week? So, by, what was that, like, 1992 or something? I was watching, I guess, on a weekly basis by then. I don't remember the first time I watched it or anything. But, it, no, you know, same. it must have been first grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, Chris, and, what about you? Oh. So, I, I'm, I'm with Alan on this because... The Simpsons has has it's kind of been a part of society since my waking moment. I was uh, I was born in eighty four too, but I wasn't. Ex- I mean, obviously, I was just a, I was just some chump kid that was just like, I want that, I want this, I want this hat with the Bart on it, and do the Bart man. It was so it was, it was just such a normal thing. But my when I realized uh, as I got older how big of an uh, uh, how big of an impact The Simpsons was 
was it was probably one of the first shows where I actively threw a fit when they did not show it on Sunday. <laughs> and I was a kid and I guess they were showing a football game. And I, I suppose this was like, you know, uh, I'm from Maryland. So the Redskins was the Redskins are a thing, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and they're doing a little better this season, at least. Well, yeah, that's neat. <laughs> uh, I mean, I remember when they were super great, I guess. Yeah. But, um, but the Simpsons just did not show that Sunday. That's and been a real I, problem with Fox. That was I remember Futurama had so many episodes. Yeah. 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 And I am I and whenever we sat down to watch a show, we would all uh, me, uh, me, my father, my grandfather. Um, well, uh, I'm sorry, let me back up. My grandparents and my father and myself, we all lived in the same house. So we would watch television together. And Simpsons was my show. It was kind of more heartwarming back then, kind yeah. of. Um, but when it didn't show, that was the first time I remember getting a whooping because oh, I, I was stomping. I was screaming. I, I want my Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, nobody had the power to give you to fix that yeah they were probably telling him that and he was like i don't care yeah like i my my feeble four-year-old whatever mind could not fathom that they my parents had no authority (laughs) (laughs) to give me what i wanted you have a remote you have authority (laughs) right it was it, it made no sense to me so as as i grew up i started I started realizing that okay, shows have time slots. Certain things happen. Uh, not every show is able to broadcast like it should. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but as I looked back, I was like, that was the very first show I actively threw a fit about. At least one that I can remember. Mm-hmm. And it was the goddamn Simpsons. <laughs> Good pick to have a fit over, at least. I suppose. Um, um, yeah, this was. Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Let's let's. let's continue. Well, do you have anything else? I guess that's your, that's your like introduction. That's my introduction so far. Yeah. Okay. Mine's a bit different. Um, I think for one, I'm a little not older. I'm a little younger than you guys. I'm an '87 kid. Mm-hmm. So when it started, I think 1990. I was like three. Like there was no, there was no chance I would even be yeah. super aware of it. But once I hit like first grade, second grade, and it was you know ingrained in pop culture it was like you know it was unavoidable pretty much that you would hear about yeah, simpsons it was probably, uh syndicated five days a week yeah yeah oh i'm getting to that um and i was i eventually did because you know even at an early age it, i was at the point where i was like i want to study and make cartoons but i was like yeah i love cartoons animaniacs is on tiny tunes all this other mm-hmm. stuff and i was begging my parents I, the simpsons stuff sounds cool can i watch it but my parents were aware of it you know back in the day being a raunchy uh envelope pushing cartoon not for kids and they Mm -hmm. were not taking any chances they were like john you're not watching that no and uh i can't remember what the factor was that eventually swayed them but i know that around 1996 after it had been running for a while they relented and i would sometimes watch the premieres on sunday but back then fox uh i had fox 5 their dc station and they yeah. would show one or two episodes every weeknight, and that became my main way of being introduced to and watching Simpsons, which is watching oh, all these yeah. various reruns. And Same, yeah. Man, I just remember looking back, I just now associate it with come home, play some N64, or watch some Fox Kids and the Kids WB, and then at, like, I think six or so, watch an episode or two of Simpsons. And mm-hmm. yeah. uh, it became a daily tradition for me and my brother. I guess 
my my brother was three years younger than me, but I guess my parents were just like, screw it, just let him do it. <laughs> and uh, and that was the case for a while. There's, there's no fighting it. It's culture. It's happening. Everyone's mm-hmm. going to see The Simpsons. They, maybe that was it. Maybe they eventually relented. Or maybe they thought, John's probably not going to be the type to go around replicating Bart Simpson. Um, uh-huh. And I, yeah, I watched a lot of those reruns. I did start watching more of the premieres. And I think I did eventually lose interest around, I looked, probably around season 10 or 11, which I think is when people acknowledge yeah. the golden period is ending anyway. Yeah, yeah. That was, that was around. That was around when I kind of stepped away from it too. Yeah. yeah, I I stuck around. I watched every Sunday till about season fourteen. Okay. It was like I just gotta. I don't know. I gotta do something with my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, by become- the way, I will. One quick story because I mentioned to my dad last night that we're doing this, and I remember one story we always talked about for years uh, that I had to bring up where. Uh, you know, back in you know my my elementary school days, uh, my parents would be like, "Okay, so every Sunday morning, you don't just got to go to church; you got to just go to Sunday school," uh, which is the most boring thing in the world. But sure, I did yeah. it. And there was one time, you know, they, they they would actually give you homework about like stuff to read and and fill in the blanks, kind of stuff. And what the I, hell? <laughs> I don't yeah, like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had to do that too. Yeah, wow. Not, not about I, as I fun as regular easy. school homework. Um, but there was one day I remember I discovered a site. I don't know if it's still up. It's called SNPP, like Simpsons something something something, That's and cooler. it had like transcripts and trivia for every episode. It was like fan curated. And so there's one day I was supposed to be doing my my, my homework and. I walk, my dad walked in and was like, "Are you John? What are you doing?" And he was like, "I'm doing my my my, my, my CCD homework." That was the name of the program. And he was like, "Oh, cool. Let me take a look." And I just froze and just was like, "All right." And he sat down and just the first thing he saw was Homer says to Marge, blah 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 blah. Uh, I wasn't grounded or anything, but that was something they ribbed me about for years. Nice, like John, our hard worker. Homer said to Marge. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I, but uh, I and you know I also remember getting into some of the you know side merchandise. It's amazing to think how many video games Simpsons had and how few of them are good. You got? Uh, I know you guys remembered the Simpsons arcade. Yeah, um, yeah. Never beat it, was, but that's a fun one. That um, was half the re- we. The only version that uh, I had access to was there was a roller skating rink uh, across the street from my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I I grew up in a slightly shady neighborhood, um, so going to the roller skating rink a little a, a little Risky. cause for a concern a little cause for concern for a kid my age. So obviously my parents had to go with me, right? Um, but I never went roller skating, or rather I rarely went roller skating. Let's put you it just that played way. Simpsons. I just played Simpsons while yeah. I was either Simpsons or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Can I ask you a question, Chris? Did yeah. you ever beat the game? No, never. I was. <laughs> I had no money to the left to beat the game. <laughs> I know. I've heard the last boss. I know. I've heard the last boss was like Mr. Burns in a mech suit is a bitch. Yeah, I, the, I've beaten it, but you need like twenty bucks oh to beat God. that game. That or makes the sense. Uh, there was for a little while they ported it to X, Xbox 360 and PS3, but you can't buy it oh, anymore. Yeah. Wow. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Um, I I. Can't. Uh, I, I did the same thing. I, I would go to the laser tag arena and huh? not play laser tag and just play that game. Oh, snap. Laser tag. I remember that. That takes me back. Jesus. Is that still a thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Well, I mean, yeah, okay. In some, in some places. We actually, uh, where I live, we actually have a laser tag uh, center not too far from us. Oh, okay. Um, um, but it's, I mean, I guess it's not as 
I, I guess it's not as prevalent as it used to be, which makes sense. But yeah. It does take me back. Yeah. So real quick, I, I did look up a little history about, about the show's inception. Um, I think most people are aware of who Mac Raining is at this point. Uh, he did the indie comic life, life as hell before this. He went on to create Futurama and most recently Disenchantment. And mm-hmm. so apparently, uh, when the Tracy Ullman show was happening, um, there was a producer, James L. Brooks, for that and later Simpsons itself, who decided to reach out to Graining to do some, you know, in between interstitials. Like, why don't you animate something? And yeah. It was something I only just found out today was they thought about they offered like do a life in hell cartoon and Grady decided not to because that would mean kind of he would have to give away some of the rights to that so oh, he's okay. like let's right. make something new mm-hmm. and so he made this suburban family named Homer Homer and Marge after his parents named Lisa and Maggie after his little sisters uh, and Bart was an anagram for brat so he kind of already knew how to what to go where to go with that character mm-hmm. and yeah. I've seen a couple of those shorts, and it's just the weirdest thing because the voices and the designs and everything are so different. Mm, okay. Yeah, it they was even like, poked fun at that. I know in one of the recent Halloween specials, like the ghosts of the old Simpsons show up. What were you uh, about to say, Alan? Well, it was uh, you know even like the whole thing was was really the old shorts were really cheaply made because they yeah. were originally going to make them like Life in Hell, just little black and white line drawings. Yeah. And, huh. uh, and the only reason they were in color was because they they uh, Klasky Chupo won yep. the bid to animate, and their bid was we'll we'll do it for the same price as everyone else, but we'll make it color. Hmm. Uh, okay. So a lot of a lot of the weird color choices were because of that animation studio. Like just the ye- was the yellow skin one of them. Yellow skin was because there was no separation of their hairline to their skin in like Bart and Lisa. And so they were like, we got to pick something that works for both hair and skin, you know? And they went with yellow. Uh, yeah. But like, yeah. Marge I'm just realizing hair- Marge is blue haired. Homer is brown haired. So why are they blonde? But oh well. Yeah. Oh, geez. I don't know, man. Doesn't the, uh, I thought uh, every now and then on the Simpsons, I thought that, I might be misremembering this, but I thought that they state that blue isn't really Marge's actual hair color. Oh, she colors it? Yeah. I I mean, when they showed her as a kid or in school, it was still blue, but maybe you're right. Yeah. I I, think it's more gray. Okay. (laughs) Her sisters and her mom are gray. You might be right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But so after that happened, it got, became a, did well enough to get picked up for the show. And it was neat to see kind of like, I'm not super big. I like the first season more in the shorts, but you can still tell they're finding their footing. And then by season two and three, it kind of morphed into what we know it as. Oh, yeah. And one other interesting thing I'll say, and then I'll, I'll let you guys say some stuff. I feel like the Simpsons, a, a very core part of the Simpsons to this, this day is inter- it introduced me to the concept of satire because yeah. Yeah. when it's not about, when the jokes aren't about the characters themselves, there's always a bunch of like snide little, all even offhand remarks or visual gags about shitty aspects of society and lampooning that kind of stuff. That's true. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, elbow ribbing as far as like, isn't this weird when you really think about yeah, it? Yeah, about all sorts of stuff. It's yeah. like it's not how like South Park lampoons like celebrities. Like it would do that sometime. It would be like here's stuff about you know commerce. Here's stuff about politics. Here's stuff about world relations or or just business just whatever they felt like yeah um it was it was always a trip and as a kid it would always kind of fly over my head yes it's not really that the simpsons and now now that i'm 33 i'm like 
Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> it is. It's just not as comical. Uh, yeah. And they they're, they're still keeping that going. I've seen they've been doing like web shorts about Trump and the voting process. Yep, I've been uh, seeing those as well. I remember the main joke is Trump's toupee is like a cat living in it or something. Uh, but uh, so I've been talking a lot. What are some other things you guys would like to uh, bring up? Well, let's see. Um, I have a lot of memories besides the besides. Jeez. Oh, Besides me throwing a silly temper tantrum as a kid. Uh, you got any memories on your end? Do I have memories? Well, you know, it was really the... I mean, with me, it was kind of the volume of the show that I watched. Yeah. Because uh, once it's syndicated to five times a day, I, I grew up in New Jersey. A I'm good so- fortune. I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to cut you off real quick. Did you just yeah. say five times a day? See, in New Jersey, we had both the New York affiliates and the uh, Philadelphia. Oh, my God. And did they show different episodes? So there was a period, a narrow period, where, like, Philadelphia was showing The Simpsons from 6 to 7. Okay. New York was showing it uh, from 7 to 8. And then there was also, like, an 11 o'clock one on Damn. one of them too and i would try to watch all of them and were they usually know? all different episodes usually yeah um you guys can't was, you guys can't see it but my jaw is just left <laughs> wide open only i mean as, if you told me this as a kid like well we were my parents right <laughs> no that no no so awesome. no this this sounds amazing me, me and john we grew up in the same tri-state area so yeah. we only got like two simpsons at best yeah uh, it, was, it wasn't always two it was a bonus when it was two yeah so when i mentioned when you when i hear five uh, I, i'm like clear he must have meant a week he must have meant five times a week <laughs> once once every day like like because we're because we we can't handle that that much amazingness yeah. uh, with Simpsons at his peak, and that wasn't enough for me because I went I went. And- <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's awesome. VHSs, <laughs> you know, I like I bought the entire collection on VHS. Yeah, which I was yeah. Keeping up every Sunday and you know, so it's just like I I don't know. It, it served me well. You know, it was good animation writer watching the best written animated show ever all the time that has served me well and it's probably why i'm here at all but man man it would be so embarrassing if the simpsons turned out to actually suck you know what i mean (laughs) well (laughs) some of it does nowadays but uh thankfully not the stuff you watched yeah Five times a day, though that's that's a lot to that's a lot to absorb via osmosis. Just like man, that's. I mean, I I was like, I can't even fathom just thirty <laughs> thirty plus years. It's no wonder he got into writing. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. I mean, that that's 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 great, dude. I'm super jealous. <laughs> yeah, I can't. You you you're saying you're jealous, but you sound like you pity me. No, I'm actually all right. So it's I jealous. think he's just kind of overwhelmed. Um, it's, jealous, it's jealousy. I'm overwhelmed. I'm also really angry because I mean, obviously, Maryland sucks. So <laughs> yeah, they stopped you from winning that Pokemon contest. Oh my god! Don't get me started about that. Any, That's uh, a deep if, cut. If, if any of you listeners are from the DC tri-state area, Maryland, Virginia included, I don't really believe it sucks. It just it just really blows that man that broadcasting opportunity that was like 20, 30 years ago. Being able to 
being able to watch that much Simpsons without recording it, that's awesome. So you're saying Marilyn went from suck to blow. Well, don't put words in my mouth, John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to keep friends in Maryland, okay? <laughs> I get it. So here's a mistake that I made, though, because mm. I, I, a few years ago, Matt Groening was honored by the Writers Guild. And yeah. so, of course, I, I, I went because, I, you know, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and, and so then there was like a cocktail thing. And I, you know, I had a chance to talk to him. And I told him that I watched The Simpsons five times a day. Mm-hmm. Oh. Cool. He found that he was just sort of like, ugh. Wow. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I, Matt Groening's made some mistakes and statements recently. I think we'll get to one. Uh, but <laughs> uh, there weren't, well, I can't say there weren't a lot of choices, but I mean, The Simpsons was funny. It. I mean, can you blame someone from binging a show that, 20 years later, you can actually binge automatically. I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, I want to say right now, the way I, I caught up on it, and I'd recommend it to anybody, there's a site now called Simpsons World. Oh. And oh. Yeah, I think you mentioned that. Yeah, it basically has every episode, maybe not every recent episode, but all the like first 20 or so seasons with mm-hmm. you know some little commercial breaks for streaming. Yeah. And if you log in with your cable provider, it's pretty much unlimited. That's cool. So that's 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 really convenient. Yeah, and it even has bonuses. You can actually listen to it with the commentary from DVDs. Okay, it has, oh, you can, can have a sidebar with the script or like noting what the like trivia about like what they're referencing. Because okay. uh, there's so many references in that that I'm still not I, all, even all familiar yeah. with. They make so some they deep cuts. To, they used to sell those books, the complete guide to our favorite. Yeah, Simpsons books. Forever and such. I actually so had, it, I actually had like the the official Simpsons art book where they like have like turnarounds and you know character sheets and all that business i'm Uh, unaware uh, of this yeah they sold i'm sure they sell it on amazon at some point i i used to have it i don't know what's happening i remember one that i loved as a kid and i was always checking from the library was called bart simpson's guide to life um i remember that yeah not so much a narrative and just a bunch of little diagrams and comics and illustrations about all sorts of different crazy topics god that's a merchandising empire Oh I man, it, it is so oh. funny because we're talking about you know back when it started. You know, Bart was the symbol of this. Bart was the main guy. It's like, oh, he's got attitude. He's this little brat. Whoa, yeah. he's so edgy. And then over the next couple of years, the writers decided, no, Homer's the face of the Simpsons. Well, yeah, yeah I think that's who they related to as adult men. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, I, I could. As as a kid, I remember. I remember that shift. And even though I kind of liked Bart, I my family was strict enough. They were they were conservative in a way where it's like, um, yeah, you can't watch The Simpsons, especially after my temper tantrum. Oh, so, that was that changed everything. <laughs> yeah, that was. A th- <laughs> I don't think I had done anything. I think my parents just out of principle, like John, don't watch this. Yeah, I think I uh, I, I I think I showed my hand a little bit <laughs> when I uh, that. <laughs> Um, but even so, like when I was able to sneak away and actually like watch the Simpsons, like religiously, uh, I, I never really caught on to Bart. I thought it was like a cool, funny cartoon character, Bart, but when I, it came, Bart's great, but yeah, yeah but when it at. comes, when it comes to, when it comes to what I mean about him at the time. And I was like, I love the show. Yeah. The end. That's all I got at that point. <laughs> okay. 
I'm sorry, you kind of cut out for a bit, but I did get the end point of that. Cool. All right. Um, I got it on my end, so we great, can great, great. Um, yeah, no, and I feel like one other thing is that this kind of catapulted all of its voice actors into legend as well. Because mm-hmm. uh, even though a lot of them have been in other stuff, like Dan Castellaneta, he's he's done a bunch of other stuff. Um, my go tos are Definitely. always you know backup voice of Genie from Aladdin, uh, the Grandpa Hey Arnold, and uh, Earthworm Jim. He was in oh, really? the cartoon, yeah. Huh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, he's he's been in a bunch of stuff. Um, I, and Nancy Cartwright has too. What? A, as, I sent him a fan letter as a kid. He sent me an autograph. Oh, cool. nice one. Yeah. What did it say? I don't know. It was it was just saying I like the Simpsons and I think you're good or something. I don't know. <laughs> it is funny. But he sent because, me a, a autograph. Yeah, it is funny. Have you seen what he looks like? You know, yeah. I don't. I don't think I have. Let Man, it, you you would not expect Homer's voice to come out of this guy. He's like a skinny, you know, kind of bald. He looks like James Taylor almost. Yeah, oh. he's, he's such a boring looking dude. <laughs> but all these crazy voices can come out of him. Um, I always think of like voices like Mayor Quimby or that lawyer. Please sign this saying you're not saying Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, man, Itchy and Scratchy. Like, even now, I can't believe how how brutal those shorts can be oh, oh definitely um so I, okay okay so what what are you guys uh what are your favorite itchy and scratchy shorts guys i know this is kind of oh that's it's tough. not really off topic but it's tough prepared for this but yeah i need to um, i would have to catch up on them I'm, i i can remember individual moments but not so much which ones they're from all right uh, I, I got one I think it was called um, "Flay Me to the Moon." Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that where really Itchy familiar. takes Scratchy's, ties it to a rocket, fires it to the moon, ties his tongue around the moon. I remember and that. <laughs> reels the moon in uh, uh, to to fall on on Earth and murder him. Wow. <laughs> I'm oh just my. thinking about. Um, the itchy and scratchy movie episode at the end where they finally in the future see it and old homer's just like which one's the mouse itchy itchy's a jerk (laughs) he is yeah he really yeah i know they're pulling like the whole uh, everybody knows they're pulling tom and jerry at this point yes but but with the violence (laughs) ramped up to a absurd amount like if i hated jerry before i was like man i really hate. yeah i didn't hate jerry but i I do kind of hate itchy Um, so Chris, what's your favorite itchy and scratchy? My, you asked the question. Um, I guess my favorite itchy and scratchy episode was uh, it's the one where you guys remember the episode where Marge gets to write itchy and scratchy. Oh, she yeah. has to change it. Yeah, 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 and and she changes it, but it's wholesome. It's and- it's, it's horrible, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone freaks out. It's like. <laughs> the kids they just know, give up and go outside. Well, they know, and and the car- itchy and scratchy no longer had those uh, those those, yeah. those simple black eyes. They have those Bambi eyes. They look like look like dilated. They look high, and they're just like on rocking chairs. Like they were just lemonade. Yeah. You're my best that, friend. That's... Lemonade, please. I made it just for you. You are my best friend. That's the right word for it. They look sedated as hell. <laughs> and I'm as the kid I'm watching now when you're inundated with itchy and scratchy as like a staple for this show. And then that happens. And then that happens, my world broke. 
I was like, yeah. oh my god, should what we talk, is happening? Should we talk about Poochie? We should talk sure. about Poochie, yes. Catch you on the flip side, dude, Meister is not. I love that the scene from that, the, the line from that scene that became legend was, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? <laughs> was that Milhouse? It was Milhouse. He was so frustrated. <laughs> and then the end, when nobody wants to admit it's terrible, and Mo's like, you should be very, you should be very proud, Homer. You, uh, you got a nice house. Oh, God. Um, I, I always reference, I have to go now. My, my planet, planet needs, needs me. Oh, and the yeah. cell just lifts up. No, Pucci died on the way back to its own planet. Yeah, I think that's how Frank Underwood dies on House of <laughs> They lift a cell of Kevin Spacey and they just Photoshop him. So Kevin Frank Spacey died on the way back to planet. Way- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, times like that, when they get into the itchy and scratchy, like, making of, I just love that it's these, this is animation team both, both, like, like, lovingly doing loving tributes and skewering the animation industry. Yeah. Like, like, the it, higher ups who just don't know what they're doing. See, I have no idea how uh, The Simpsons' budget is covered, but it f- always felt like whenever they had the chance to play around with itchy and scratchy, like a lot of work, a lot of extra work when it's oh, itchy and scratchy. If you watch the itchy and scratchy movie episode, they do a scene where like, here's a world war two cartoon of them killing Hitler. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. looks so much better than like any other Simpsons animation. It's very, Oh odd. yeah. The, the oh, movie yeah. itself was something, was something special. Yeah. The movie was, I mean, it's a theatrical budget, but they did, they did a little more, you know, there's a little more like, Follow through motion and kind of stuff overlapping, especially with like yeah. Marge's hair and the like. Um, so, uh, so, what are our favorite Simpsons episodes? I guess is the is is where we should be leading uh, into at this point. Alan, would you have any you, you want to bring up? You know, it, it's always a hard question uh, because I I kind of separate the episodes into categories of like my. I don't know. I, I, rather than a global favorite Simpsons episode, I think what's my favorite Bart episode? What's my favorite Lisa episode? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I you know you I, I guess any one of them. Yeah, I, I I have a very soft spot, and nobody ever picks this one. So it's uh, feel free to disagree with me. I love Bart gets famous. Uh, Is that the yeah. I didn't do it one? Yeah, I didn't do it, boy. Yeah, that's a good episode. Uh, where yeah, yeah, that's usually the reaction. Like, huh. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like that's the perfect uh, Bart episode, and that you know it starts with a you know this this nonsense you know absurdist field trip to the box factory, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's just kind of Bart, kind of just off. You know, he sneaks out and he's just kind of off getting by on his wits like an old huckster. Bart yeah, is good at that guy on the network and you know and there's this subplot where homer thinks bart has turned into a box my son's a box a box <laughs> love kind of the balance and then it and then it's also very self-aware and self-referential on on the notion of celebrity and what the simpsons had become at that point oh and what yeah legitimately had become and sort mm-hmm. of you know playing with that i just think it's a it's the whole package and that's Probably my yeah, favorite. But no, they would do nods to the Simpsons pop culture, like overexposure. I remember there's like a Halloween special that I think it might be the Monkey's Paul one where they wish to be famous. And you oh, basically yeah. have these extras that are like mouthpieces for real life people saying like, well, they were good at first, but uh, they aren't yeah. good role models. <laughs> um, I kind of, yeah. Like I they would skewer rem- themselves and not just real world stuff. I kind of remember the, uh, 
uh, the the um, the show skewering itself reminds me of the Frank Grimes episodes. Yeah, and that's oh. that's that's. People, Go ahead, apparently that episode's really divisive. I rewatched that one. That that's a great one. It's pretty solid. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember yeah, thinking. I think it's I, a classic. Yeah, it really is. Um, I see when I when I think of Frank Grimes, like looking back on it, it's like if someone were to step into The Simpsons, like a normal person, yes, who never yes. heard of The Simpsons, they would think, "Why should anyone care about this dude?" Yes, that that and was the pitch because that's. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about is home. There are so many episodes that paint Homer in kind of a desperate situation that it could be better. But then you have Frank Grimes come in and is like, "No, if you look at these things from a factual point of view, you have it good, but you're you suck. This this isn't yeah. right." Yeah, you're living. And Frank a, just destroys himself trying to you, get people to realize that you quote he he quote uh, he says that he lives in a mansion, which is comparatively more than ever uh, what he's ever had. And I kind of felt for that dude. Like that's not even one of my. That episode is not even one of my favorite episodes, but I remember it fondly. And yeah. it was so, I think the ending upset a lot of people. Like, man, yeah. you, uh, you went there. Well, it, it's the ending reminds you that this is Homer's show. Yeah. You know, guy kind of comes in, and we're sort of looking through Frank's lens. Yeah. I'm le- I remember I was left like I felt bad for Frank, but you, they reach a point in the later act where I'm like, you should have just known to leave well enough alone by this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is, and <laughs> trying to wake people up from the dream isn't going to work. No, it's not just... with Homer. <laughs> um, also, oh, you did remind me. I did want to say if, if we have like favorite side characters, I think Mister Burns is is squarely mine. Oh yeah, mine too. Like that Definitely. voice itself, just its speech cadence. I can't mm-hmm. do it, but like props to Harry Shearer. So. Uh, I think Conan O'Brien said about Mr. Burns, the mm-hmm. reason why he's such a good character is he has a, a limitless uh, budget, you know, yes. a limitless amount of money. Yes. And a limitless capacity for evil. Yes. Yeah. Nothing yeah. is kind of out of bounds in terms of the the extremes that, he, you, that Burns yes. can go. Through. You can go nuts with what you do with Mr. Burns and it all fits. I always remember when he's high and thinks Homer is the Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> I've wanted to tickle you for years. And then Hans Molman, we can't forget Hans yeah, Molman walks in. <laughs> I'll give you some lucky charms, Leprechaun. Pulls out a chainsaw and you just pan outside the room and hear, oh no, my brain. <laughs> Apparently Hans Molman is like Homer's age. <laughs> what? He's yeah, you've just, seen his driver's license. He right? lost oh. the genetic lottery. <laughs> I'm effing laughing over here, and I'm not even watching the show right now. <laughs> yep, yep, it's that kind of show. Um, um, so I will say, uh, I watched because of the episodes that I rewatched or saw for the first time. Uh, I so I had never, I, I did just rewatch because uh, I remember my main memory of knowing that Chris was a Simpsons fan was when I mentioned Mickey Rooney. In our little Nino episode, and you immediately went Jiminy Jillikers, Jiminy Jillikers. <laughs> so I rewatched uh, Radioactive Band, the movie episode. Mm-hmm. So goddamn funny. <laughs> um, another dark thing where Mo Moe's flashbacking to being on Little Rascals. No, oh my god, he's killed the original Alf Alpha. <laughs> you, stole, you stole my bit. <laughs> that was my him, bit. This hearing him say that like a billion times. <laughs> It's it still rings in my memory. Yeah. I can't I can't believe just how much of it. I mean, on the wow. upside, the original Alpha was just an orphan owned by the studio. Oh. oh. <laughs> it also. No. Oh my God! The Homer the Clown episode and the Krusty Burglar. 
so many lines have become memes, and I, I, I always remember it. Stop, stop, he's already dead. You, oh, you, yeah. you, you cut out mentioning Homie the Clown. That's the, the, actually, the, the Krusty Burgle episode. Yeah, I was about to say, that's actually on my top five. It's like, a good, it has one of the best endings, like just abrupt, because the whole thing is about owing money to the mafia. Yeah. And they finally corner Krusty. It's like, you owe me $48. Here's 50. And to a change, and good day. Yeah. <laughs> and do we a change and do we think or I'm seeing yeah. double four crusties oh <laughs> my god that's maybe the single greatest joke I think on the <laughs> yeah. whole. so many just <laughs> blinking you miss it lines <laughs> my my favorite it's su- my favorite bit is it's such a subtle thing just seeing Homer just just sink into clown madness when he first <laughs> sees the, the the clown the clown billboards and he's just like, yeah, no effect on me whatsoever. And he, he clearly hallucinates. He <laughs> sees them at the family as clowns, and yeah. he's like, "What is it, homie?" Do 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 When he way back long enough, I'm going in clown. <laughs> <laughs> when he says, when he says, "March," and the camera slowly pushes in on him. <laughs> I lost it as a kid. Like, yeah, yeah. like I understood. Like it's over. He's already gone. He's too far gone. <laughs> he's already dead. He's already. Clowned. That was the scene that cracked me up as a kid. I'm like, oh my god, that's brutal. But it's so funny because there's that guy Homer. It's an act. Just, just, just stop it. So <laughs> and the kids are so screaming and crying. <laughs> so oh, oh my god, With the, the Gabo episode. Um, when you know that dummy takes Krusty's limelight, and Krusty has yeah. this dummy on that's just like falling apart and every time it happens the kids scream he throws them at the audience ah they just keep screaming and screaming it just just keeps getting worse yes yes oh all right so so double backing to homie the clown yeah um the reason why this is one of my favorites is because this was the one time i convinced my grandmother after years of her telling me not to watch the simpsons anymore Mm -hmm. and me sneaking away and watching the simpsons i I was able to formulate words enough to say, let's g- uh, help. Let me sh- convince you to give this show a chance. Did you show her that one? I showed her that one. And it wasn't, a, uh, thankfully, it wasn't about Bart anymore. It was about Homer. So yeah. I had an, I had a clear type advantage. Um, so I. It's super effective. In, it's, yeah. So we went into Homer doing, um, uh, taking the college course. And everyone's giving their introductions. I want you to say where you're from. And everyone from this place. I'm from Michigan. I'm from Texas. I'm from New Hampshire. And Homer, God bless his heart, <laughs> says Homer as loud and as fast as possible. And at that moment, me and my grandma just die laughing. And she's like, <laughs> after she wipes away the tears, she's like, I get it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I was like, yes. <laughs> Um, I have two other episodes I'll bring up real quickly. Uh, I watched for the first, I finally watched it the first time because this is just one I've heard over and over, one of the best, Marge versus the Monorail. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. And yeah, that episode is so fast paced and crazy and great. Um, like just a lot of little, <laughs> some of the, the quick lines, like when, you know, when Homer and Bart are on the out of control monorail and Homer goes, Are we going to die? And, and Homer and Bart calmly goes, Yeah, but at least we'll take a lot of innocent people with us. <laughs> or, or Marge gets on the intercom, Homer, there's a man here who thinks he can help you. Batman? No, a scientist. <laughs> Batman's a scientist. It's not Batman. <laughs> it's not Batman. <laughs> um, or just Leonard Nimoy for no reason. 
<laughs> just right. saying things. And at the end, like Barney well, even points okay. out, you didn't even do anything. Didn't I? Didn't I? And, he, <laughs> and he warps away. And he came back for the uh, the X-Files episode, I believe. Hold on. What did, what did you say, Alan? That Leonard Nimoy cameo, that was supposed to be George Takei. Huh? Uh, really? But George Takei didn't want to make fun of monorail transit because he's like on the board of, of like the mass transit board. Oh. And he didn't want to make fun of public that. transportation. Okay. Wow. I, I, I do love that when Mary Quimby is introducing him, he's doing like Star Wars quotes. And then Nemo's like, you have no idea who I am, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, what was the other one I wrote down here? Uh, oh, 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 it's an earlier one. Um, it's actually going to get into what I think is one of the things that I feel like we want to go to a few other, other topics that we're starting to run low on time. Stark Raving Dad, the Michael Jackson episode. There was a Michael Jackson episode. Wow. And it's so oh, funny. That one. It was Michael Jackson they got for it. Apparently, he reached out to them and it was because he loved Bart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't play himself. He played a mental, this big seven foot white guy who thought he who talked like Michael Jackson. Ooh, um, this w- was that during the, the, the allegation period. I think it was right before. It was before. Uh, Cause he the was whole just, town treats it in like a, a God and they think he's showing up. What did you say, Alan? It was at the time when Michael Jackson was the biggest celebrity in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he was still beloved. Yeah. Um, Stuff hadn't started okay. getting crazy yet. Um, but another funny thing, because uh, I love the emotional through line of that episode where, uh, you know, the, the, the Lisa birthday song, mm-hmm. which is just the sweetest thing in the world. And then I found out, uh, even though Michael Jackson did do the voice of his character, they had a sound to like sing the song solely because he asked them, like, I want to have my brothers watch it and see if they know it's not me. Aww. Um, well, it fooled me because me, uh, me and my family were- that's Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. It was, it was a good impersonator. A little, um, we lost a little uh, bit of street cred that day. <laughs> uh, you're not the only one. But, yeah, I I did want to touch on, I know that one of the things we want to talk about was in terms of, like, as the show's gone on, evolved, gone through different writers and showrunners, like, and, like, what's changed? Like, what's for the better, for the worse? And I have some observations, but do either of you have anything you want to bring up in that regard? You're asking what's changed on The Simpsons? Like, I, you had made some notes that I had written down, like, uh, yeah, like t- types of jokes that left. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I, what I was talking to you before was that there's a, a few different types of jokes that you don't see as much anymore. Yeah. Uh, such as, you know, like you mentioned the, the Marge versus the Monorail episode. There's that, there, there was that kind of runner that they used to do a lot on The Simpsons where, uh, you know, where, uh, you know, Homer's uh, or Marge is driving and you have the heads floating around yep. saying, like, I've sold monorails to Brockway, Ogdenville, and North Haverbrook. Is there a chance the track could bend, you know? Uh, and the most famous like one. Daniel Plan. Lisa needs braces. Mm-hmm. Needs braces. Jokes like that. I don't know. They, they just sort of don't, uh, don't do those. Mm-hmm. much anymore or or the, you know inappropriate hold music was kind of a runner on the simpsons for a, a while you know you've reached the lost baby hotline please hold and then then it's right. like, back you know uh stuff like that uh i mean that's just like little things i think globally in what's changed over the years the biggest the biggest thing is uh the animation oh as, yeah by going digital everything's always on model and hd now. yeah 
and and so the animation has lost a lot of life because it's it's kind of puppet based and you know it's not hand drawn anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't miss even, the kind of technical errors we would get, but it is a lot more stiff looking nowadays. And 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 the show creatively, it's just sort of I, I don't know. It's more of a of a celebrity oriented. They've they've show. just been pushing guest roles more and more. Oh. Yeah, it's become more of a gimmick. I, I did notice as a kid when they brought on Tony Hawk, I was a uh, I was like, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you compare it to like when they would get Reckmel's names and make characters for them. Like a lot of people love the Hank Scorpio episode. The I'm sorry, the who episode? Hank Scorpio, where they moved to a new town and it's like a Bond supervillain as Homer's boss. Oh right, yeah. And yeah. that was Albert Brooks. Yeah. Who also and he also uh played the villain in the movie, but they didn't but they made a different character. They did. I don't know. Something about like Homer doing Dragon Ball Z fights with Tony Ho- Tony Hawk. It like oh, yeah. it looks it looks fun in that moment, but Wow. Yeah, no, I remember <laughs> I have two things that I think The Simpsons lost or changed that were a turnoff for me. One, what you talked about, like, it kind of did lose a sense of being grounded in reality more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, there would always be individual jokes that, that threw reality to the wind. I always think of Deep Space Homer, like, should we tell them the apes came back from space very smart and this ape smoking a cigar? No, I don't think we should tell them that. Um, mm-hmm. But then I remember, like, I think one of the episodes that really did just make me go I'm done was where Homer gets a jockey horse and finds out the jockeys are like little small oh, elves. Yeah. yeah that sucked. I, I that remember watching that and being like, what the fuck is this devolved into? And that was called Saddle Sword Galactica. Yes. Right? Yes. What? I yeah. missed that. It, huh. Good. It wasn't good. Uh, there so was even, I, I remember a recurring joke terrible. where, where comic book guy kept walking up with a shirt saying worst episode ever His most famous quote. It was Ooh. almost like the writers were new, new like this is not our best work. Yeah, I, re- I I remember. I think the point what I when I actively said I'm good as far as The Simpsons was concerned, it was a very small joke, and it was one of those episodes where Krusty was in trouble and he needed The Simpsons to help him. And yeah. you know that that's that's been done like a you know hundred times oh, of before course. by that point. For Sideshow Bob's first episode was that. Yeah, and not usually a big deal i'm usually pretty interested in what crust and crust um i'm usually pretty interested in crusty's life he's he's a really funny character he's great but there was a time when they're watching television like everyone in the room including crusty and they have a conversation i forget what the build-up was but i I always remember what the punchline is and the punchline was crusty why did you drop your pants and crusty says i needed a joke to go out on and he leaves the room and (sighs) (laughs) Okay. <laughs> and I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> I, like, like, like my body resisted that so hard that I mean, I, I was so surprised by it because I didn't laugh, it and was, I knew yeah, I was I feel supposed like the to. About, it wasn't even just that it wasn't, it wasn't funny. It was more like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, it was. It was. It was like someone wrote this and let it slide. What happened? <laughs> Alan it's as if. They wrote in their script, joke goes here, and then yeah. just... Just put yeah, something there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was much more tightly written before. Uh, uh, the, but the other thing that I feel lost, and it's an even bigger loss, um, Simpsons has always been a comedy, but looking revisiting the early the Golden Age, I was surprised how much heart and emotion the show would frequently have. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. that feels like it's totally gone now. Like, I rewatched... I remember some that when that got me as a kid pretty hard was Bart gets an F 
um, at the end, you know, he tries so goddamn hard and still fails and, like, breaks down crying in the classroom. Like, Aww. that was the first time we really saw that. There are a lot of episodes where we actually do see vulnerabilities to Bard. He's not just a bastard. Yeah. And that's one where he's like, it's him being so full aware of his flaws, trying to change it. And he's saying, remember that line, this is as good as I could do and I still failed. And that's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do remember yeah. that one. Um, they, they, they still get it sometimes. But not as much. Uh, yeah, there was an episode three years ago, uh, a Halloween episode about Lisa. Uh, if, if you're looking for heart in The Simpsons, I would say check out. It was called Halloween of Horror. It wasn't mm-hmm. a Treehouse of Horror episode. I heard like they a, did one that wasn't a Treehouse episode. Halloween. Okay. Check it out. All right. Um, and another – oh, another – you remember when we released the uh, Substitute episode with uh, oh, Dustin Hoffman as the sub? Was that – oh, was that so, the yeah. one where – The train station, the note. Yeah, like you are, you are Lisa Simpson. That's already so beautiful, and then the scene after that, even more powerful, where she finally just snaps at Homer. Aww. Like she's not putting up anymore, and she just says something like, "I'm glad I'm not going to feel sad about calling you this. You are a baboon. You are ignorant." She's like, "You don't, you don't mean that." And she just screams and runs up to her room crying. It was just mm. like, wow, they went there. They did. I will say that going back and like watching like all my favorite uh, Simpsons episodes was pretty delightful. Yep. We're discovering some, like I finally saw that. I find, Oh, I saw, I saw the Stonecutters one too. That's good. Oh, right. Stonecutters was, was pretty good. So I'm trying to remember what we were talking about. I know we were talking about like more emotional stuff and was it you who were bringing, who was bringing something up, Alan, or was it someone else? I think that was, uh, I think that was Alan. Oh, so I was saying, uh, if you're interested in the more emotional stuff, there's uh, a, an episode about three years ago called Halloween of Horror, right? Which was, was about Lisa, Lisa just kind of being afraid of Halloween, you know, yeah. and and how Homer likes to deck out the house and all this Halloween stuff. Lisa has a bad experience at like a, a horror night thing, and and just doesn't want anything to do with Halloween, and it, and it's kind of about you know the you know homer the dad sacrificing you know something that he loves which is decorating the house for halloween over over his daughter and of course then and and it has kind of a big uh emotional moment where lisa has to get over her fears when there's actual danger and people Mm. trying to invade the house and everything it's very good came out three years ago so it's like an example of the simpsons still having it yeah the show is not incapable now of good episodes no it's it's just not constant hit after hit anymore um, and i think i think people have recognized that because there are recent there are old well i don't want to say older or newer but there are episodes after after the heyday that i still found to be pretty yeah amazing. well i'm or actually pretty, pretty i've been hearing a lot of people say that like the average quality for the past couple of seasons has gone up you can kind of see it's like it's like a silver age now that's good yeah that's really is, good good um and I'll, i did want to bring up I think another nice thing about coming up is I, I I feel like there are some recurring themes to each of the Simpsons themselves in terms of like more tragic or emotional things. Uh, I wrote it down here. Please give me one page when some patience. That's like Homer. He works a very crushing job. And so many of the schemes he come up with that involved, you know, he's seeking success, more money, more recognition. And, it, you could that kind of ties into you know the classic American dream of usually unobtainable fame and fortune, and often so many of them realize, so many of them have him realize the value of the family and what he does have. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, Lisa is possibly the smartest of the family. She has wisdom, she has compassion, and she's rational. And there's so many episodes of her trying to guide and help Springfield or other people, and it almost never seems to work. 
Um, oh, yeah. The Malibu yeah, Stacey yeah. episode, she tries so damn hard, but they put a new hat and she loses. Which, uh, what'd you say, Alan? Lisa is the one who I feel like gets abused the most by, not by the family, but by the show in general. Yeah. Because there's just sort of a, I don't know. She's almost like Frank Grimes herself. Like she's too good for this world. Yeah. It's sort of the mob mentality never agrees with Lisa or sides with Lisa. Yeah. Oh man. I remember the vegetarian episode pissed me off. Oh Um, yeah. Everybody was so shitty to her about my mind. It's kind of shitty in that one too. I, she she was a little annoying, wasn't she? Yeah, but <laughs> it was kind of she eventually kind of a little more worse. Like, at least it led to the uh, the pig, the flying pig. Yeah, <laughs> it's still good. It's still good. It's gone. I know. Oh come on! You you, you mean you will never eat ham again? No bacon. Not not even pork chops, Dad. They come from the same animal. <laughs> sure, yeah. Lisa. Um, Some wonderful magical animal yeah <laughs> another one thing like uh bart i think i touched on you know he when he does have compassion and such marge is an interesting one because she is i feel like she's the one who tries to be lisa tries to be a moral compass for people in general marge is really trying to you know keep good fit what she views as good family values and that kind of stuff like genuinely caring about where her family's going and we mentioned the uh itchy and scratchy episode where she's like i don't know if you should be exposed to this kind of violence and then when that happens they all all these the women also want to start protesting michelangelo's david and mm-hmm. marge is like but that, that that's work of art and she's immediately like blast like shunned for it so yeah. i remember the simpsons movie as yeah. far as like how big, uh, like, how much it made me admire Marge? Or how, yeah, we touched uh, or on this in our emotional moments episode when I brought up Futurama. Yeah, that's right. Like, and, I, I do think a lot of the Simpsons movie is not focusing on the emotion more on the humor, but that part is like maybe the most effective Homer Marge conflict because it, it's that, it's the time where Marge like really does give up on him. I remember oh. thinking, I remember thinking that uh, in the theater, like. Marge has gone through a lot with Homer. Yeah. She's been so, so and, patient. And not not only like a lot, like you 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 tend to re- you kind of keep it in the back of your head uh, as you're watching The Simpsons. But when that movie happened, I'm like, she really deserves better. Like she can do better than Homer. Yeah, and that's a really sad moment knowing uh, knowing what knowing that she has gone through so much Settling. and Homer won't listen to her. Yeah. He's does not have the brains to, ah, but bless him, he means well most of the time. Because I feel like that's another thing people have. Homer can be just a legit jerk in some of the later seasons. Uh, that uh, that moment in the movie though, it was undercut a little bit when she was like, and she made that video for him, and she was like, and to show you, I'm really serious. I taped about over leaving. our wedding video. I taped, yeah, I taped over our wedding video, and I remember watching it, thinking like. That's not how their wedding happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they've retconned, you know, as yeah. gone on. It's like they met in the seventies, they met in the eighties, they met in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> if you I, I did have a couple of moments in the movie where I was like, Is Barney still a drunk? I, yeah. I, yeah, I can't remember. I know they, they permanently made him sober at some point, but I'm wondering if they've gone back on that. I think but they've I think, gone back. Yeah, yeah Barney is movie, funnier as the drunk. I think the movie retconned a lot. Uh, for better or for worse, uh, I mean, especially in terms of animation. Oh, yeah. um, but I actually, I do admit that Barney becoming drunk keeps him funny. But yes. I like the growth that he had in not being an alcoholic uh, or recovering from alcoholism because, well, 
to put it bluntly, as a kid, uh, my uh, my parents dealt with that. Mm. So seeing that happen, I was like, seeing seeing that happen and seeing it happen in real life as well. That it was one of those moments where I could see character development happening in a show and seeing them as people yeah. instead of seeing them yeah. as archetypes. As this is Barney Grumble and he is Homer's best friend. As if I'm uh. reading it on the on the studio Bible. I will say one of my favorite jokes ever, and I rewatched it right before we did the show, uh, the Deep Space Homer episode, the astronaut one, where Barney yeah. temporarily sobers up, and then when he picks it, they give him celebratory non-alcoholic wine. <laughs> so first he drinks it and goes, it begins. His hair magically turns back to normal. He freaks out, grabs a bottle, grabs a jet pack, goes, tra la la lampa flies into the air, runs out of fuel, he crashes on a uh, uh, the roof of a pillow factory, they get run over by a truck full of marshmallows. So was <laughs> Maybe that, that always makes me crack up so hard. Just, so oh, wasn't, oh, that, oh. wasn't that non-alcoholic? Yes, yes. The doctor, like the main guy says, I don't get it. That was not alcoholic wine. <laughs> so, Chris, were you saying that you... you you liked Barney as a uh, as a as sober because it it showed growth. You, you enjoyed seeing that people can change and I, you're not I, stuck with the label that everyone gives you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, as a, as a kid, it felt like that. It reassured me that cartoons can be more than just stereotypes or archetypes. That they don't have to be set as one character right. and through over the course of time they can evolve into something else. One of my favorites, Zuko from uh, Avatar. Yeah. I mean, like, that that's a little bit of a, that, that's, I mean, I, different I think kind of show, but I'm just saying different. Yeah. Different kind of show. It's heavily, it's heavily built on drama and narrative, but the fact that they tried to do it in the Simpsons as, as a kid, I responded positively towards that, even though Barney was no longer funny. <laughs> and that that's, it's one of those, it's one of those double-edged things, I guess, uh, in terms of Barney. Yeah, I understand. I feel like we're kind of running low on time, but there are – I think there are two other things I want to touch on. One briefly, it's easy to forget just kind of – we talked about the impact this show had because it could kind of create or at least revitalize the idea of adult animated sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that Matt Graney has cited Flintstones as one of the biggest inspirations and I've talked to my dad a little bit about that because they're the same age and Flintstones was one of his favorite shows back in the day. And that kind of was the closest thing back then because – Really? Yeah. Well, I mean I've seen some of it and like obviously the jokes aren't as risky and I doubt they even were in the 60s. But it was the same idea of let's not do Looney Tunes slapstick. Let's not do Scooby-Doo. Let's do – even though it's a different setting, it's still kind of trials and tribulations of a middle class working dad. Okay. The Flintstones was a straight Honeymooners parody. That too, yeah. Was. Honeymooners yeah. was that idea too. It They kind of copied that template for its, their lead characters. And I think that might have helped with some of the ideas that Mike Rainey initially had for where to go with their, your base main family. I can see that. I mean, as a kid, it was... As a kid, it was super confusing because I remember the Flintstones having a laugh track, and as yeah. as being <laughs> Who's super, watching, yeah, as being super young and naive, I'm like, where, what, where is the studio audience? Are yeah. <laughs> are they drawn? <laughs> That's a line in Itchy and Scratchy and Poochie, like, no Homer cartoons are very rarely done live. It's a terrible strain on the animator's wrist. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess I assumed. Yeah, I, I I had faith that they were showing these cartoons to people and recording their laughs. <laughs> I think they were just stock. Yeah, um, I know that. Or, now. or like Hambar didn't have enough faith in their audience to not know. Like, hey, this is the point where you laugh, dummy. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but but um, understanding the Flintstones as a honeymooners parody, you, yes. you understand why the laugh track is in yes, there. Yes, and that bled yes. over into a lot of their other their, their works. Absolutely, yeah. Um, that doesn't explain why it's in Scooby Doo, but no. uh, but I also but the other thing. Um, so yeah, when this blew up, I just love thinking back on how many clear copycats you had and how few of them succeeded. Stuff that like barely made a season, like Fish Police, Capital Critters. Fish Police. Um, I remember nobody what remembers. Fish Police. Yeah. Oh, look it up. It's insane. Fish Police. Oh boy. It I'm was done. a detective thing, but it was a bunch of fish in trench coats. You had and like it, making puns about underwater. It, it looks stupid. Every no. every time you tell every time you tell me to look up something during a podcast, <laughs> I wind it? up. I yeah yeah absolutely. <laughs> I go down this awful rabbit hole. Yeah, but I was gonna <laughs> say I um maybe the one exception to a degree was the critic. Uh, which I've seen oh. a little of because that had many key Simpsons people on it, and it yeah. managed yeah. to last two or three seasons. Mm-hmm. Was um, Al Jean and Mike Reese created? Yeah, that. yeah, and people love that show. I need to give it a look someday. Um, it had a wildly different style too. Oh, like, yeah, it was it was a different show. Um, yeah, more movie fo- parody focus, but still clever, and you know, getting comedians like John, uh, what's his name, Lovitz, Lovitz, yes, yes, to voice to voice uh, Jay. Uh, and but I remember noticing around turn of the century there was a second boom of it and most of them that didn't last well. I think people point out that was because King of the Hill happened and it was a big hit, and so that motivated people to give it more of a try. Mm-hmm. And there are some that I do like. I remember WB tried a bunch that failed, and then when Adult Swim first started, they showed reruns. One was yeah, there was the Baby Oblongs, Blues. Which, and... Ob- yeah, I like Baby Blues. Oblongs is okay. That's where I first heard of Will Ferrell. He was the uh, oh, really. Dad. <laughs> He was a little stat. Yeah, I didn't watch it to know. But one of my favorites, um, I've mentioned it to Chris, Mission Hill. Uh, oh, yeah. Which was, I think, the closest we really got to a genuine spiritual successor because its showrunners were uh, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, who were constant producers and writers during a lot of the golden age. And man, that show's fantastic. And man, did nobody watch it. And <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I, have, you ever se- have you ever seen that show, either of you guys? Seen it, yeah. See, I think Chris I, said he's not super familiar with it, though. I, I'm I'm familiar with it now. Um, me me and my wife had a conversation about it, and I, if I remember the conversation correctly, she was she was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, I do remember watching it as a kid, never really laughing out loud. I think it's because the art style never really grabbed me. It has All a I, weird art style, but the, I the like colors. The, the colors kind of bothered me just a little bit. Yeah, but, I might. I might pick it for an episode w- with you someday if you, if you ever return, but it, it is legit one of my favorite shows of all time. Okay. Um, it's only like 10 episodes. So yeah, it was a single season. Such a bummer. Um, I will say, uh, it's it, we've had some that stuck around. I think the two big ones uh, are South Park and Family Guy. Uh, sure. Even though their approach to, to humor and their style is very different, you can still see the roots. Uh, but I will – okay, I will say – the one today that's been running for a while has an audience, and I feel like it's the clearest, most direct successor. Bob's Burgers is wonderful. Bob's Burgers is amazing. So good. At least, uh, I mean, I can't. All right, so I wasn't big on Bob's Burgers at first, and that's only because uh, uh, during the as I grew out of college and I started like uh, really paying attention to uh, criticisms of the animation industry, I definitely mm-hmm. started listening to people who were like. Oh, there's too many adult uh, Simpsons ripoffs out there, and yeah. I was like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right. There are yeah. too many yada yadas and what have yous." But then I watched it, <laughs> and that's that's totally different because Bob's Burgers is actually really 
really smart and really endearing. Yeah, super and charming, super witty, super endearing. The, great the, thought out characters, interactions, and actors. Uh, maybe I'll do. I need to watch more of it. But I, I let me put it this way: I saw they did an episode spoofing the Brony movement. So what were you about to what were you about to well, say, Alan? I, I was saying the the reason, in my opinion, why Bob's Burgers works so well is that all the the main characters are very clearly defined. Yes, and just about a hundred percent of the jokes are character based. Yes, and they're jokes. so distinct from each other, and mm-hmm. and stuff like The Simpsons as well. Yeah, it feels like the it's a it's a lessons learned kind of category, and not not every joke flies, but there is there there's a clear style, there's a clear difference, and. Once you hear a character talks, you get it. Like you, 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 you know it instinctive. You know this character instinctively in your oh, heart. Oh, the moment you hear Linda talk, you know her personality. <laughs> Serena always sing during Thanksgiving. She always sings the turkey song. And when I first started dating her, I had no effing idea what the hell she was talking about. I want to see that. <laughs> um, um, and then I actually sat and watched it, and it's it's good. It's good. It's stuff. wonderful. Ajon Benjamin is a treasure too. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Home Movies, another one that did its own thing, and I love it. Uh, Same people. Uh, one of them. Really? Uh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I will say real quick, Home Movies was co-created by two people. Lauren Bouchard went on to do Bob Burgers, and Brendan Small, who voiced Brendan, went on to do Metalocalypse, which is also great. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Slightly off topic. I know we're you're getting close on time here. Okay. Uh, have either of you noticed that there was a Home, there was a home Movies uh, homage in a Clarence episode on Cartoon Network? Oh, I saw that. Yeah. No, that was... I did see character design homages in Bob's Burgers. They showed uh, Brendan and Melissa analogs. Mm-hmm. So, not Clarence. Uh, if you have an opportunity, John, check that out. It's on. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Okay. But the uh, Clarence and his friends they they meet a certain someone <laughs> on their show, and it's the voice, and it's cool. Is it Brendan? Uh, uh, I'm not gonna say. Okay, that's cool. I will give it a look. Go for um, it. But so I feel like there is one other thing that we said we were going to touch on briefly because it's probably sure. the most current Simpsons topic. Uh, do we want to talk up who? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pretty messy thing. Um, so for those who haven't heard, you know, apu has been a lot accused of, you know, perpetuating stereotypes for a long time. You know, the whole Indian shopkeeper convenience store being placed, played by a white guy. And so my sense has been around for a while. I do agree with those, but he is, is at least a likable and funny character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in recent years, it kind of reached a fever pitch. There was a whole documentary about it. And this is this, this that really is the point about Beaver's response, where it's basically like, ah, people will be offended about anything. I'm like, no, that's not a response. That's not a real answer. That's Matt. shitty. Matt. <laughs> what are you, 60? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but it actually, it surprised me that the showrunners have been similar too. The most vocal in terms of being sympathetic is Hank Azaria, who voices him. Mm-hmm. He has but said, yeah. "Like I would gladly step down to give it to an Indian actor, and I want them to have more have a more diversity in the staff and crew, and I would like them to try more things with Apu." But lately, it seems like the response is going to be, "Well, we're just going to remove him entirely." I really Which, hope that's not. I really hope that's not. The I case. hope not too. That's like it reminds me of that episode where Sideshow Bob gets a nuke, and Lisa's like, "Bob, don't you see that would be taking the easy way out?" I agree. So, yeah. go, go ahead. Uh, I, I feel like my thing with, with Apu is, um, like, it, over the course of the show, he's he's become a very, very strong character. They've, yeah, uh, they've expanded on him with the wife and kids and such. Uh, the, the bummer is, it start, he started as a joke. 
Yes, like, as a stereotypical joke. Like if when they talk about where did the Apu voice come from, the, in the script it just said clerk, and Hank Azaria did an uh, an Indian voice, and everybody laughed, and they went, ah. "All right, that's the voice." Uh, and it was just it was just a hacky little joke of Indian guys work at Seven Eleven. He was doing this sure. this hacky voice, and 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 so the the, the foundation offensive but then they've they've taken that worked with it and and made something yeah. a, a character that's beautiful and complex and everything but i, I mean i understand because the foundation is his roots the, are in racism yeah yeah kind of kind of you know so the very I, least stereotyping because he's a likable character but you know so yeah i would have much rather i i do hope you don't write him out but they also just shouldn't keep him as is they should i think they should take try taking the right character in some different directions do some research. Ask ask actual you know indie communities. You know, you, try. You, you know what's strange is that um, whenever I'm watching it, you know, like when you're watching a, a long running sitcom. All right, here's an example. So you remember when watching Fresh Prince and bit, huh? yeah, and uh, Aunt Viv got different one episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they recast her? Yeah, they totally recasted her. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, the, whatever drama that happened behind the scenes, they just did it. <laughs> they were that, just that, like that happens on multiple shows, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's what I'm saying. It's like there's a lot of hoopla uh, regarding Apu, and it's a shame because Alan, you're right. Apu is a really lovable and relatable character in yes. a lot of ways. He's. It's I feel like he's me. one of the more. So many people in Springfield are assholes, stupid, or both, and he's often one of the more level-headed guys. Yeah. The, the 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 sad part about it is that yes he is a stereotype and yep. that fuck that fucking sucks it does <laughs> um and when Apu himself is a very prominent character in The Simpsons and because The Simpsons skyrocketed at a time when people fell in love with it Apu and when people weren't paying as much vocal attention to the, those kind of issues well there's that but Apu skyrocketed with it yes. so when when Apu got good storylines uh people paid attention to apu not realizing that he's one of the only indian characters on television yeah and uh. even even i didn't realize that until i actually took a look and was like holy crap <laughs> they're like the closest thing that i can remember to an indian character on television was Haji from Johnny Quest. I was going to say, yes. And uh, the guy who played the dude in Short Circuit. and Who was a white guy. Oh, yeah, Fisher Stevens. Yeah. Yeah, and that sucks Broke so Broke Kumail Nanjiani's heart. I don't want... Oh, no, not, not his. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, ben I, from Parks and Rec. Yeah, I... Uh, I don't... Oh, no, yes, no, Aziz. Aziz. Well, yeah, he plays Yeah, Aziz, Aziz Ansar. I, I don't want Apu to go because... No, one of his fa- one of my favorite jokes came from Homie the Clown when Apu shows Homer here is your here is your next issue of gigantic asses. <laughs> yes, because Krusty Apu, is so skeevy. Apu knows Krusty. He knows him so much that he's just like, I got your porn dog. Don't worry, I got you covered. And I'm like, if that is not a good man right there, I don't know what is. Yep. But he's he's gone he's gone through. Apu's obviously had more uh, had more earnest episodes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that we're we're at a time when some of the outrage that is being 
uh, that is being yelled right now, there is a, there is some of it that is manufactured. Sure. So when I so I want to hear people saying you just want to get rid of Apu, and I'm like, have you watched the documentary? Because I don't think um, the 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 guy who made the documentary wants to get rid of Apu. I don't think. I mean, he said he on Twitter, "I don't want to get rid of Apu." Yeah. And, just just change some stuff about him. And it's kind of easy to do that. Like a lot of Indian actors these days, they're a lot more prevalent than than they were decades ago. Yes. Just recast a guy. Hank is okay with it. Yeah. But if yeah. you're going to get if you're going to get rid of the character, I would really appreciate it not using Lisa Simpson as a mouthpiece for it because that was painful. Oh, that, oh when, sec- when they marked reading sec- the bedtime story. It was secondhand uh, embarrassment. <laughs> it was, yeah, just the response was, uh, what can you do? It's like, no. You're, uh, I'm like, you're, you're Lisa in control goddamn, of the show. I'm like, you're Lisa goddamn Simpson, number one. So if you're going to choose uh, someone to really. Uh, I have heard people complain that Lisa's too soapboxy. And people have the same issue with Brian Griffin. Like the longer those shows go on, the more they become, become less endearing and more preachy. Yeah, well, and, well, Lisa's always been kind of that way. Uh, she's She's always been about helping people for their best right interest. but people are, Even, people found her more annoying in newer versions of it then choose someone else uh, i would choose someone else i would write someone else to say those lines because when i heard them coming from lisa it legit sounded like the writer is saying nah we, we'll deal with it when we want <laughs> i'm just like, imagining lisa just going nah yeah i'm like that's that that comes off as that comes off as a as pretty lackadaisical and yeah disingenuous is the right word if you don't want to deal with it then I mean I, that's that's such a shame that's you can holding honest, back progress you can honestly do better that's yes, <laughs> yes. That's, 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 that's my take and to be fair there has it, it is not clear what the outcome of this is going to be we don't know if we for sure if he's being removed or if he's going to stay the same or what there could be some positives to come from this I just want another issue of gigantic asses from. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's the internet. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess Alan, is there anything you'd want to say about Apu that we haven't? Oh, that we. Ha- I mean, the, I, I'm with you. You know, it's hard for me to have a, make a big stand about it because I'm not even watching the Simpsons. <laughs> me too. But I, I, you I, I do care about you know minorities' opinions. Yeah. Uh, uh, so. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, if they did recast the voice, uh, how just be weird if you'd go, that's not a poo, you know, or if they should have a new character or something. I don't I, know. I, I, my, my, my priority with, it, with them should be to uh, flesh out his character more. Like um, maybe be more authentic to what the modern Indian pretty citizen out. is like. I'm, I'm kind of, I, I thought I had that opinion too, John. Um, but. As I as I remembered what Apu has been throughout the past decade, decade, he's 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 been pretty fleshed out. I I, I kind of wish they took him, they did a little bit more, and I would like to maybe like take to him see out him of the quickie mark for one. Uh, that's part of the stereotype. That, yeah. I guess that is. See, this is where it gets kind of complicated, and there are a lot of variables well, there. <laughs> there. There's a lot of variables. Apu owns the quickie mart apparently, but okay. so he can, he can be seen as a as a guy who owns his own business. There's yeah, there's so much going there's so much going into it, and I, I agree with Alan. I am not I'm not that attached to the show anymore to Same. really care, to really care as far as I do at this point, which is why I was like I'm kind yeah, of tired. But of many people about still it. are. Yeah, that's why I just kept going. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's. 
again, there's there's a ton of places you can go with it. Just yeah. Oh, and I will say, don't, don't get yeah, rid of them. I will say that even though you know I, I haven't watched it for years, when they announce that it's ending, I am going to prioritize watching that finale because how? Can oh, you not? for sure, for oh, sure. So so we're so there is a definite ending happening for the uh, yeah. Okay. I'm no, yeah. no, I'm saying when it happens. Oh, okay. There's okay. still. You know, it has to end something because I've been worried. Like, it's gone for so long. Like, what if like Dan Castellaneta or someone suddenly dies? Like, they're yeah. getting on in years, and if someone like they've had, you know, we lost the the lunch lady's voice died. Uh, Mr. Krabappel died recently. Mr. Krabappel died. Was it, you didn't know that? Oh, no. that was years ago, dude. Oh yeah. my god, I didn't gone. know that. Marsha Wallace wow. died, and they just they had to write they had to remove Mr. Krabappel. Uh And obviously, the big one years ago was Phil Hartman. Yeah, uh, that was that was a big one. Especially tragic when you read how he died. Uh, oh, yeah, his yeah. wife. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, Phil Hartman and Lionel Hutz. Uh, and, of course, it was a one-off character, but the con man in Marge versus the Monorail. All right. Like, nobody else sounds like that. It was a, it was a loss. You know, he was he's maybe the least versatile uh, voice actor, Phil Hartman, because he would just come in and do Phil Hartman. But he's great. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually remember finding out he was go- set to voice Zap Brannigan. And uh, yeah, they yeah. both Billy West emulated his voice, and they named Fry Philip after you know, as a tribute. Oh, that's cool. See, it when was, I whenever I took whenever, whenever I hear Phil Hartman's voice, like I already I know it's him. Like I know I know he's Lionel Hutz, but <laughs> when I I always hear Gigi from Princess uh, from um, uh, Kiki Kiki's delivery. Yeah, service. I still have to watch that. <laughs> and I'm like, man, uh, Gigi makes a really good lawyer today, or maybe not because he lost the case. Oh, I am wow. Gigi the cat. You may remember me from such movies as Kiki's Delivery Service. <laughs> oh, I love that movie. I, I, I think there are lists out there of every movie Troy McClure mentions he's in. Uh, the one I always remember is you may remember me from movies such as Christmas Ape and Christmas Ape Goes to Summer Camp. Just <laughs> stuff like I want to watch that. <laughs> um, but I guess we should probably start winding things down. We've gone a little past our time limit anyway. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, but okay. any closing thoughts on The Simpsons that you guys want to say? Uh, I, I, I love The Simpsons, and I never want it to end. Uh, and in spite of that, I don't watch it on a regular basis. <laughs> you know? I, but, but the fact that it's there and has always been there uh, is something that's great comfort to me. And I... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hope I, I I hope they never stop the Simpsons. Have no fear; they got stories for years. Like Marge becomes a robot, maybe Mo gets a cell phone. Has Bart ever owned a bear? Yeah. So, I wonder if Chris has any idea what we're talking. About. I don't. Uh, it hit me. They oh. did a clip show episode and ended with a "We didn't start the fire" parody. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, look it up on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chris, your final Simpsons thoughts. I'm still waiting for the sequel to the Simpsons movie because I had such a good time it. with that. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of upset that <laughs> it still hasn't arrived. Yeah, we didn't get to talk it too much, but I do recommend the movie. Uh, I actually like some of the stuff they did when they had a PG-13 rating. Bart, Bart skateboarding scene, the ultimate punchline to that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, Agnes oh, Skinner yeah. pointing, don't look where I'm pointing. <laughs> I like Beautiful the part. penis. <laughs> I like men now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Ralph's best line ever. Oh, we didn't even mention Ralph. He's so good. He is. So my favorite. All right. So my favorite. I'm going to be really quick about this. So my favorite bit from the Simpsons movie is when Homer um, is trying to get his family back and he's trying to stop this truck with them in it. And he uh, he makeshifts a stop sign, puts it in front of the truck and the truck slows down. 
but it's Homer. So the stop sign is spelled incorrectly, and the driver points at the sign and goes, there's something strange about that stop sign. And I fucking lose it in the theater. (laughs) I lose it. It is such a simple joke. And that scene in the movie cracked me up. Mm -hmm. I'm done. The, I uh, I'm with I'm with you, Alan. I hope this show never ends. But at the same time, I feel like I, I feel like there are times when we we really should uh, we really should keep an eye on how far it's come and understand that maybe it will end soon. Everything I don't want ends it, someday. I don't want it to. Uh, the, the, really sa- the saving grace was the Disney acquisition. Because now, now it's a, now Disney wants to get some. They they just paid for it, so they want some use out of this property. So well, I no, think I think gone. Fox TV is still going to stay in an independent entity. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, the, their networks will stay. They're the, the independent Fox company, and everything else is Disney. So stuff oh, like right, FX right. and like it's, it's going to be mostly untouched. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. Fine. Well, then forget it. I Sorry. guess. Um, I guess that's it. Fine. It shows over. <laughs> it's that it's not going to be affected much by the buyout. It's going to keep going as it is. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, my thoughts. Yeah, this show is one of the key key aspects of '90s culture and nostalgia to me. I still always think of it as a show that took place and should still take place in the '90s when because that's when it's the most on point when it had the biggest like stand in the pop culture zeitgeist when it had when it made its biggest influence um and i can still rewatch so many of these episodes i'm happy how well it holds up i i, I do recommend the movie as well but i do feel like like I, I feel like the best way to sum up its later seasons is that it's kind of on autopilot it can still make you laugh from time to time but the animation's stiffer and it has like like i said going back i can't believe how heartfelt the show could be and how much that endeared you to it beyond just the jokes mm-hmm. um and I guess I'll be the exception here and be like, I am perfectly fine with it ending someday, both because everything happens eventually. And I feel like if they do it right, the finale could be something really special. Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. Because who that. knows how they could choose to end it? Like, they could do it in so many different directions. I actually did see there was a Christmas episode that they had intended as a possible finale. Did you see the one where it's, it's another future set episode where it's Bart and Lisa have kids? And I heard about to, that. Yeah. That was a conceived as a possible finale. Wow. Okay. And it was pretty good. It wasn't great, but I like looking at it like this could have been a good way, you know, to provide some closure on the family. And I wouldn't be against them doing that approach again should they make a definitive final episode for sure. Cool. Um, and we didn't talk other stuff like yeah, the Simpsons game is good. I also remember liking the Simpsons Hit and Run, which was basically their GTA. Mm-hmm. Fun mm-hmm. game. Yeah. Other Simpsons yeah, game, sorry. not so much. But it's been it's this show is i feel like it's there's a reason it it is still so beloved and such a legend and such a trailblazer in ways like fox and others took a chance on it and made something one of the most iconic things in tv history and animation history and uh matt greening went on to make good stuff i i futurama is great uh i'm hearing promising things about disenchantment uh he may not be have the best opinions on how to handle Apu and stuff, but I still can't deny his craft as a writer and an idea guy. So Simpsons is still, it'll, it'll always hold a very special place in my heart. I still intend to go back on Simpsons world and catch up on other episodes that I either haven't seen in a while or haven't seen at all. And there, we might even have some listeners who have never really checked it out. And I, I would still recommend you go back and look at some of those episodes. Obviously some of the pop culture stuff is dated, but the heart of the style of the humor and the characters is timeless. 
mm-hmm. be culturally educated. Watch The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah. I guess with that, we're going to bring this episode to a close. I want to thank both of you uh, again for doing this, both Alan for agreeing to try this and Chris for being, for, you know, taking time aside from, I, I get it that you have been so busy lately. And so it means a lot that you were willing to step aside and, and, and try this. And it was just nice to hear your voice again on this show and, and yeah. your observations. No problem. Uh, it's, all, it's, it's always a pleasure to be here, John. Yep. So wrapping up, uh, you can find me on, on, Twitter and Tumblr and you like at Behonkis, B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. Uh, Alan, where can people find you if they want to follow you on, on those kind of things? You can find me on Twitter at Alan the Writer, A-L-A-N the Writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm tweeting out uh, jokes and stuff on the shows I'm working on. A lot of Sonic stuff too. If you're into Sonic the Hedgehog, yep. Twitter, yep. Yeah, give me a look. Great. <laughs> and Chris? Um, you can find you can also find me on Twitter uh, at C Wade the sequel, um, not the squeakle as we joke not about. Not the squeak, don't, not the squeakle. No, John, not the squeakle. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, yeah, so you can find me on uh, on Twitter. C Wade the sequel. The yep. end. That's where it, that's uh, it's both. You, you can your observations about cartoons, touches on Project Project, and and thoughts on on uh, social and cultural issues. Mm-hmm. And. Okay. I guess that will bring things to a close. We actually, I actually don't have planned ahead the guest or topic just yet. You should, as I've said, stay stay tuned on and follow the Twitter and Facebook pages to get heads up on when we will, uh, on what we're planning and what we'll do next. Do um, Smash Brothers impressions? Oh, oh yeah, you were saying that, Alan. Did you follow this at all? Did you the recent? Uh, yeah, I, I saw Piranha Plant. How could I miss it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in for Piranha Plant. <laughs> All right. He looks like one. Such a disgusted laugh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And it's funny because I'm indifferent to Canon and Cineroar. Oh, really? I'm, I've never played Street Fighter, really. I don't follow the new Pokemon that much, but I will say Incineroar basically being a wrestler, I think, could be really fun. I think I'll have fun playing against him. Okay. I, I got to step out, but okay. I'm also curious about uh, the who the DLC will be. And the new adventure mode looks sweet. Yeah, that's actually what's got me most excited. Honestly. I'm okay with them not trying to do replicate either melee or brawls campaigns. Like you can try something different, and it looks really interesting and like a good use of that spirits concept. Because when I saw that, I was like, "That's not a, that interesting gimmick on its own." But then we added to this mode, I'm like, "Oh, you you have something." Yeah, I, well, that's why um, I mentioned that. So you know, maybe you have an idea for your next topic. Uh, Smash Brothers. Yeah, the, well, the Smash Brothers like reveals and stuff like that, or maybe you can just do a different video. Either way, that's a. Uh, the, the, we could we could talk about that after the fact. Sorry. I will uh, Twitter DM you. Uh, uh, okay. But yeah, so thank you, Chris. No uh, problem. Thank you, Alan. Hey, happy to be here. And what's a good Simpsons quote for closing? I'm trying to think oh, of something. Always twirling, twirling towards freedom. <laughs> Why not? Oh, to change and a good day. All right.